Welcome to episode 40 of the Loaded Card Podcast. Join Paul, Daniel, and their occasional guests as they talk about the things that they love and hate about video games and the gaming industry. In this week's episode, we take a look at one of Paul's favorite games, Wolfenstein The New Order. Let's kill some Nazis! Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome once again to the Loaded Card Podcast. I am so excited. It's time for Game Corner. It's time for our favorite games, and we're playing Wolfenstein The New Order. I'm Paul. What's Paul playing today? With me, as always, is Dan, otherwise known as Chapla Viking. What's up, buddy? Not much, man. How are you doing? It's been a crazy week for me. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. You're on vacation, so I mean, I've had... and wearing the shirt to prove it currently. Yeah. Uh, well, I always wear a Hawaiian shirt. Almost always when we're recording. I'm just excited because, one, I'm on vacation for at least another couple of days. And two, Wolfenstein, the new order. God, this game is so good. But what are you even playing? So I've been playing two games right now, basically, for, for the past week. Well, for- one of them, one of them that I've been playing a little more often over the past, I don't know, couple of weeks, uh, which is Pokemon Go, because they've been kind of, they just pushed out a huge update to the way gyms work, and they added giant raid battles to the game, and a lot of people think that the big legendary Pokemon are about to get launched into the game within the next month. So I don't know. I'm just trying to fill out my Pokedex mm-hmm. and uh, enjoying what I can. And it's just kind of the thing, like, like you know how you pull out your phone, you check Facebook, you check Twitter or whatever. Like, it's one of those just like, I pull out my phone occasionally and I check Pokemon Go. Sure. <laughs> it's just little stuff, little things here yeah. and there. And then the other thing I've been playing, trying to get into Vainglory, which if you are unfamiliar, it is a MOBA for Android and iOS. Okay. And it's actually pretty good. It's actually pretty well balanced. The controls take a little getting used to because you have to like, you know, it's tap controls, which, you know, same kind of like a mouse, but it's hard to like tap on something and then, you know, tap, 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 tap. You do a lot of that with both hands. And uh, I found a couple characters I'm pretty good with so far, but I'm having this weird issue where the game came out a little over a year ago, maybe about 18 months ago. I think. And uh, when I made my original person, like in my original account, I played and it was like, man, I would love this game, but this latency is unbearable because I'm getting like 250 to 300 MS latency on their servers. And it's like, this yeah. is bullshit. I'm not playing this game. Okay. And then, so I just pulled it up again recently to be like, oh, I wonder how Vainglory has changed. I can, I could use a mobile. I can just sit on the couch and play. So I fired it back up and I've still have this latency problem. It's like, why is there is no excuse for a modern game to have 300 MS ping? Like there's just not like a no, modern, no. like a, especially one that does competitive esports. Like they have right. legit esports leagues and you can't play with 300 MS latency. Like you just not can't, possible. it's not, not, not very well at least. Right. And so I was looking at my account and I realized I was signed into the Southeast Asia server. And I'm like, why the explains fuck it. am I connecting to Southeast Asia when I've only ever played from Georgia? 
Like, <laughs> so, so I looked up to see how you change regions in the game. And apparently I would either have to make a new account or request a transfer. And I'm not very far in. So requesting a trans, so, you know, if I have to make a new account, it's yeah. whatever, I'll just make a new account, but I don't want to like, I, I would like the progress I've already made in the game or whatever, like the characters I've already unlocked, sure. but it's fun. It, it's, it's interesting little game that it, it definitely uses different mechanics than League of Legends, but kind of very similar feel to it as right. you know that and Dota too. But it's fun. It's a it's a cool little mobile game. It lo- works really great on an iPad. Like that, that's just kind of like a really good format and size for it. Now, if they'll just grant my character transfer or my server transfer and let me play with real latency, I'll. Uh, <laughs> like Did the game a lot more. Request already? Oh yeah, yeah. It take it can take them up to two weeks. Sure, sure. They have to verify your location before they will transfer you to it because they have to do all the server transfers manually. Apparently, for some yeah. stupid reason in yeah, well. 2017. Yep, yep. Well, and you know, World of Warcraft has it automated, and you can do it in less than an hour. Well, in, in, in fairness, couple couple clicks on a website. In fairness, though, Activision Blizzard is a much larger entity than whatever the fuck Vainglory has for a company. Yeah, except you've been able to do it for a while, for like five years now. Yep. <laughs> I realize. So, Again, still, like, much larger entity. That The technology has existed for five years. You would think you could write a script to do it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, just saying. You can you can build this infrastructure into your games and your servers. It's really, it's there. You know, just saying. Do you want to do a Vanguard cast? Eventually. Okay. <laughs> I'm getting the feeling but, right now. Nah, nah, we're fine. Uh, <laughs> so, what have you been playing? So most of my time has been spent playing Persona Five, mm-hmm. and uh, if you're not familiar with the Persona series, it's essentially capture monster, use monster to do your bidding but not Pokemon style because your character still does points of the combat. Essentially, the magic system is done with your monster. You do physical combat, but you can also do physical combat with the... If you're familiar with Persona or Shin Megami Tensei, mm-hmm. it's that. It's just the fifth edition of it. Apparently, it's been going around for 20 years, which is kind of crazy. A lot of fun. Uh, I've been enjoying the hell out of it. I'd like to talk about it at length at one point but Mm -hmm. right now i'm only about 30 hours in to a 93 hour game yeah because jrpgs suck your life away that they do yeah also been playing obviously overwatch because yeah that kind of it's going to tie into a a bit of our news i'm going to kind of preempt it a little bit with uh, doomfist to hit the ptr fairly recently like as yeah like a couple days ago yeah yeah uh, he's pretty cool. He's very combo heavy. Uh, his his ult is essentially an orbital bombardment from from above. Uh, it's it's really fun. There's tons of videos on the on the web if you want to take a look at some of the stuff. Your Overwatch does a great breakdown of his abilities too. Yeah, uh, go check him out. He's really cool. Uh, the thing is that he's actually not voiced by Terry Crews like most of our most of the people have been hoping. Yeah, uh, there there was a big campaign to have Terry Crews do it, but he has headed by Terry Crews. Yeah, it, it, the the character from what I saw, like the little preview video that they because they do like a little actual animated cartoon telling backstory um, for all of the characters so far. Yeah, like he almost sounds like 
kind of from the Caribbean, like a little yeah. bit. He has he has kind of a, like a, a slight accent. It's not like yep. super stereotypically thick. It's like it's pretty right. mild, but it's still it's noticeably there. So yeah, once you see him, you realize that Terry Crews would not have been a good fit for him. Like it's it's very clear that it's not Terry. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Because you know Terry Crews is you know he's very, <laughs> very he's yeah. very in your face and. Doomfist seems almost reserved. Yeah. I don't know. And also, of course, I've been playing Wolfenstein, The New Order. I actually finished this in a day. I played it on Thursday. I did an entire marathon in uh, like three or four hour sessions and took a half an hour break for lunch and dinner. And the entire stream archive is over on uh, my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash what's while playing today. If you guys want to take a look at that. Dude, I love this game and I can't wait to talk about it. But first, we've got some more news. Aside from Doomfist hitting the PTR for Overwatch, I know you you're pretty excited about this for Pokemon Go. Yeah, it's so just it's not really no really article to talk about this because but I did do a big uh, blog post today, which will be you know Friday by the time this goes out, uh, so a couple of days ago. But today, as of recording, is my personal one year anniversary of playing Pokemon Go. I started on the seventh. Because that was the first day it was available on the iOS store, <laughs> yeah. and and I I remember being like literally in the parking lot at IKEA for some reason to buy something, and uh, and like I I checked the store and was like, holy shit, it's finally out, and uh, downloaded it and quickly realized I needed to turn off AR mode because I was in uh, IKEA and I was looking around at one of the Pokemon and like I realized I was trying to catch this Pokemon and I was holding my phone up and it was like directly pointed at these two guys playing around in chairs in Ikea and I was like this looks really fucking suspicious as I'm as I'm catching a Pokemon and <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah <laughs> it's fine if you're if you're walking around uh, it's, it's, it's good for picture house yeah it's good for taking pictures it makes it fun for taking pictures but other than that, you just look really creepy. Yeah. Or you have the potential to look creepy because you're pointing your camera. You're, it looks like you're pointing your camera at things to take a picture. And sometimes there are things that you should not be pointing your camera at to take a picture. Like, yeah. Then people look at you funny. Yep. But yeah. But Pokemon Go has been out for a year now. And that's kind of kind of cool. I mean, it, it was mass, like absolutely ridiculously massive. And it's made more than a billion dollars in revenue which is also absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> and a little depressing, if you want the truth. Like, uh, the last, last numbers I heard were $1.2 billion. Okay, can I have some? <laughs> sure, go work for Niantic. No, thank you. They're a subsidy anyway. of Google. Does that help? No. Yeah, really. they're, they're owned by Google, which is kind of funny. Yeah. But another weird bit of news... And we've randomly mentioned this game a couple of times because I mention it in comparison to a lot of other stuff. Like when we were talking about Anthem from Bioware from E3, like I mentioned that it reminded me of Firefall. Well, unfortunately, Firefall is shutting its doors. So Red 5 Studios, the company that makes it, made a big announcement saying that they're they're ceasing operations on Firefall, the MMO. And... uh that it's you know kind of a sad bittersweet moment but they also mentioned that they're working on a mobile version of the game and that 
people who were early access people, basically people who founders of the game, people who bought founders packages, which I was one of them, uh, will actually get a bunch of like bonus crap when the mobile version launches. So that'll be interesting because I, I would totally play it on my iPad or something if they can get it working on it because it's it's a cool little game. It's It's got very much like tribes kind of mechanics where you have a jetpack that you fly around on and it's, you know, first or third person shooter. So I don't know. It, it could be cool for mobile. We'll, we'll see how well it transitions over and how well they do the controls. But I mean, free to play games definitely stand better chance of survival on mobile platforms than on PC. So because they've been free to play for a while. So I just don't know how I feel about a a full MMO like that just being shoved. Well, it's it's a it was it's a first person third person shooter. Yeah. But it's also a, just happens to be an MMO like there are hundreds of people playing. Right, it. right. It just it just feels weird to shove that into a mobile game. Yeah. I don't know how they're yeah. going to do it. They might do something completely different yeah. than what they have. It just seems yeah. strange. Yeah, it is it it's a very weird situation. So, I don't know. We'll see. It could it could be really good because I mean I've played a couple of like World of Warcraft style MMOs on mobile and like they actually play surprisingly well. They're very weirdly interesting, but they're they play a lot like old vanilla WoW, which is also really weird and interesting. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. What else we got here? Oh. Player Unknown's Battlegrounds is delaying their full launch until Q4 of this year. Pushing yeah. back their promised release from early access to six months. Yeah, they so they promised originally that they were only going to be in early access for six months, mm-hmm. and you know basically they they made a big statement today saying like yeah we really want to stick to that window, but we realize that like the game will be better if we you know we don't 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 well if we don't try to they don't try and rush it and. Right cut corners to make it in six months so they they're basically saying like we so we're going to push that back a little bit but we guarantee the game will be fully live by the end of the fourth quarter of 2017 that's cool so so we'll see yeah you know he made statements as of you know a couple of weeks ago that you know they were still planning only six or seven months in early access and they were trying to get out by october so it's not not really delaying it too much so and yeah, I, I see you staring at puzzlement at the next bit of news, which is really interesting. If if you are unfamiliar with the company Beamdog, they've done a handful of other games. So they do they do the Bioware, the old school Bioware enhanced edition remake. So they did Baldur's Gate enhanced edition. They did Planescape's Torment enhanced edition. They did the original Icewind Dale enhanced edition, and now they're turning their sights on trying to do Icewind Dale 2, which was done by BlackRock using the Bioware Infinity Engine. Yeah, wasn't that Black Isle? Yeah, it was Black Isle. That's what I meant. Did I say BlackRock? I think so. I meant Black Isle. Anyway. Yeah. So so basically, Black Isle doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. The company that ran Black Isle Interplay does also doesn't exist anymore. A lot of the Black Isle people at, very famously are now at Obsidian. But the problem they're having right now is no one knows where the source code to Icewind Dale 2 is. Not a surprise. They just they but don't know. It's 
it is has vanished off the face of the earth as of right now. So there's a big manhunt right now for the Icewind Dale 2 source code so that Beamdog can make an enhanced edition version of it like they have all of the other classic BioWare Infinity Engine games. Right. So I would Yeah, I mean, they look really cool. I kind of really I kind of really want to get the uh remake of Planescape's Torment because it was a you know fantastic game and and hopefully the enhanced edition is actually really good. It's not because yeah. uh, they do a little more than just like a graphical enhancement. They actually like the, they tweak the controls a little bit. They yep. they polish. They bug fix. They they add a little have, stuff to each of them. I think. Yeah, I actually have uh, Baldur's Gate one and two, the enhanced editions. Didn't know they made Icewind Dale, but I'm I'll I'll play that. Icewind Dale was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty know, sure they I, made the first Icewind Dale game. You probably, to, you probably have to check on yeah. Steam. It don't matter. We can check out, check on that. But yeah, it's kind of weird that no one can find the source code. I remember someone something else getting lost in the shuffle for source code that someone was trying to revive. May not be this one, but I know for a really long time, people have been asking for the Westwood Studios game for Blade Runner to be brought to good old games to like get updated so that you know it would run on modern machines and so they could right, sell it on right. good old games and like basically everyone affiliated with Westwood Studios and affiliated with the game says that like there is no source code for that game they no one has it they don't yeah. know where it is they would love to do it but it would involve like frame by frame recreation of the game yeah. to be able to do it and like yeah. no one is interested in funding that apparently which is unfortunate because that was actually a really good and really uniquely interesting game i enjoyed it i don't know but that being said for unique and interesting games shall we get to the main topic no i'm gonna drag the news on for even more let's go more news no 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 more news i want to talk about this game (laughs) (laughs) i know i'm just i'm just messing with you sure yeah let's let's all right wolfenstein the new order Developed by Machine Games, published by Bethesda Softworks. They actually made a game I truly enjoy. Hoorah, fantastic for you, Bethesda. Came out for PC, PS3, PS4, Xbox 360, and Xbox One. It's actually the ninth game in the series of Wolfenstein titles. Did you know there were nine before, eight before this? No, which is really <laughs> crazy. Uh, so, what, are the, what are they counting as the nine games? The original Wolfenstein, which was yeah. a game developed by not, not Wolfenstein 3D, Original Wolfenstein was an adventure game developed a way ass long time ago. I can't remember the, the gentleman who made it, but there's a great uh, video on the history of Wolfenstein, a four series of four videos by the gaming historian. If you're interested in that, I highly recommend watching it. Oh, Castle Wolfenstein. Yes, the original Castle Wolfenstein. Then there was Ca- Return, or Castle Wolfenstein 2. And then Muse Software was who yeah. did, did the original one. Then it picked up the license for it on the cheap because they let it expire and uh, made Wolfenstein 3D. Uh, After that, it was also Spear of Destiny, a few other games that were in that, including the 2009 Castle Wolfenstein, Return to Castle Wolfenstein, which was like in 2003. Then there was one more between this and the 2009 edition of Wolfenstein, because the 2009 one took like eight years to make. Apparently, in 2008, there was a Wolfenstein RPG. Yep. There's also been a couple of cell phone games. Hmm. Anyway, the New Order was developed as a complete reboot for apparently the fourth time in the timeline 
of the Wolfenstein series, uh, set in alternate history 1946, the Nazis have gotten their hands on some amazingly advanced technology, the kind of technology that is so far ahead of anything the Allied powers could possess in 1946, things that even the modern day reality really doesn't have. The war is really not going too well for the Allies. In a final desperate attempt to drive a spear into the Nazi seat of power, on July 16th, 1946, the Allied powers launched an attack on Death's Head's compound in the Baltic Sea, taking heavy casualties in the process and setting up the story for the New Order. The game begins on July 16th, and you take control of Captain William J. Blaskowitz, as they are often reminding you that he's a captain, leading the assault on Death's Head's compound, because I know we both had the issue of them continually referring to each other by rank. Yeah, like I, I just I always laugh at stuff like that in games that are supposed to be militaries. Like you, you don't, you don't ever refer to someone by rank. You do uh, not salute them. It is a sure way to get them killed. Yeah. You also don't refer to them by name over the radio. Correct. You call signs for a reason. Yep. So and and they they definitely had those things during World War II. Like th- those absolutely. those protocols existed in the U.S. military during world prior war two yeah fact, they like, were instituted in like world war one weren't they yeah or prior to that uh probably probably but they definitely did have call signs and they definitely yes. did not you did not you know they didn't at least they didn't salute in you know a they war sure zone didn't. that would have been that would have been not. even more terrible oh private wyatt you idiot uh yeah. captain william j blaskowitz is obviously the main character of the campaign and is well they they did an amazing job with the character because they took him they're wizards over at machine games they took bj from the epitome of generic to one of the most lovable and quotable protagonists in modern game it is very hard not to enjoy this character and it's very hard not to quote him especially for you yeah because i was doing that the entire time i was playing i was repeating lines and just enjoying the shit out of the experience we're just i'm just going to do a character rundown because you got fergus reed who is uh, bj's scottish compatriot he's one of the uh, he's basically the the squad commander for this operation on death's head's compound he's hilarious comic relief while you're insulting the compound during the prologue probe swat the third is uh 18 an 18 year old green marine it's like straight like fresh out of boot during the attack on death's head's compound he is the guy who continually calls bj as Captain Blaskowitz, sir, over and over and over again, which is horrible and should not be done. Anya Oliwa is a Polish nurse and the love interest of BJ. Uh-huh. Carolyn Becker is an old friend of BJ's from the 2009 Wolfenstein game. I don't want to get into too much more without spoiling the game yet, because we will, if I'm going to be honest, we're going to spoil the shit out of this game. We, in order to actually talk about what I love about this game, we have to spoil it. We have to talk about the story. We have to talk about a lot of the mechanics and just the story is really the biggest focus yeah. of this game. So we're going to talk about it a little bit and I want to make a great parallel between doom and Wolfenstein yeah. later. So one thing I'm curious about here in your character Shoot. rundown, those are the only people you mentioned from the resistance group. Why did you leave off some of the other guys? Because I wasn't sure how far, how far into spoiler territory spoilers. you yeah. want to. So yeah, much like, when we did Secret of Mana, Paul is the one that's kind of he's he's show running this. He he's going to decide how far into spoiler territory we go. So we're we're gonna have to go balls deep in spoiler territory. territory. All right. Well, there you go. We have to because in order to talk about the story, in order to talk about how how wonderful the characters are, how 
fantastic writing machine games has done i can't just say i can't just tell you how fantastic it is it's got to be shown and in order to do that we have to talk about the story and it's going to get spoilery so do you want to stay non-spoiler for now or just say this is your spoiler warning and if you do not want spoilers stop and play the game and then come back and listen you're gonna i would highly recommend doing that anyway but for now (laughs) once we get to the story we'll start talking about okay hey let's let's stop anyway uh yeah because there's there's also a bunch of other characters that have amazingly poignant periods and focus on the the story including did you notice that okay do i say it now because we've already kind of mourned about spoilers i have no idea what you're about to talk about okay one of the characters the guy you drop acid with did you do that part Uh, nope okay guitar dude jay no, 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 don't you, don't you know that guy. Jay? Nope. Okay. Well, I'm just gonna spoil it right now. So if you don't want it, just skip ahead a few seconds. Jimi Hendrix is in this game. It's Jimi fucking Hendrix. You don't remember okay. that part where he just shreds and gets shot up by the Nazis? Really? Did not. It's right near the end of the game, where you could bring not, him back ha- into the base. Okay. Did not happen in my game. Oh, it had to have. Nope. It literally had to have. Nope. It's like part of the story. Oh, whatever. Anyway. It did Go. did not happen. Sorry. Mm, so <laughs> well, bad because so so one of the things people. that I know about this game now is that you there are a couple of beds in the home base that you kind of everything kind of hubs around, mm-hmm. and if you sleep in those beds, you get extra cutscenes and extra things develop from the game. Mm-hmm. But I did not ever do that. Well. This one was just grabbing his guitar in order to have that cutscene, and then later on it unlocks a second cutscene. So I did not ever grab his guitar, so okay, maybe yeah, that's why. I, I did a lot. In fairness, though, you were kind of rushing through trying to get it yeah. done, and I was kind of I was doing my best to try and experience everything so that people watching could enjoy it too. Anyway, uh, finishing of the character rundown. We're back from spoiler territory for a moment. Is Wilhelm Deathsedstrasse? It is BJ's longtime nemesis. He's a Nazi general and scientist infamous for his inhumane experiments. And he's the main villain of this campaign. The supplementary villains are Irene Engel, who is the lieutenant commander of the SS and an all-around basic bitch. Hans Booby Winkle is her shitbird pretty boy play toy. Yeah, <laughs> like those, two, those two are hilarious together. They're, they're actually some pretty good villains, like the last two. Absolutely agree. Um, and Engel is actually the villainous of uh, the sequel, upcoming sequel. She's going to be the main villain. Okay. I'm really excited about that. Uh, in the new Colossus, she'll be the the main villain that BJ's hunting down. So the combat, I actually just wrote down combat. It's a first-person shooter. What the fuck are you doing, man? <laughs> wrote that note to myself. Yes. It is now, Dan added some notes here that it's not a cover-based shooter. Yes, Although it is. You- do have leaning things that's just not the focus of it i i never like you can't lean dude you absolutely can go watch the playthrough you absolutely can i hit those buttons and they don't do anything in fact e um, manipulates the environment so it can't lean i promise you can you have to hold alt in order to do it oh well you know what they never have a tutorial for that <laughs> It's never it's never covered in the gameplay tutorial. It, is. it nope. really is. It is a small blurb in the top. I just nope. played through it, dude. I just played through it too. Go watch it. Go watch the fucking playthrough. It's there, I promise. 
Nope. You can deny me all you want. It's fucking there. It was not there in my playthrough. I will go watch the stream, ar- stream archive, get the timestamp of when it happens, and give it to you. Go for it. Anyway. anyway. Yeah. Yes. So it is it is a very run-and-gun first-person shooter game, which is, you know, exactly what you want from a Wolfenstein game. You don't want a cover-based shooter. If they reduce this to a cover-based shooter, people would hate it and hate machine games. Like, no one wants... No one wants Call of Duty from this game. Absolutely agree. But to make it more than just run and gun combat, there are a couple of other weird things you can do. There is some stealth aspects to this game, and to a degree, you with weapon talents, I think they call them. I don't remember what the hell they call yeah, them. But these are talents or perks, because that's what everything is called. Either one. Um, the more you use a certain weapon and play the game a certain way, the more you unlock the ability to play that way better, if that makes sense, with yeah. through perks and talents. And so you can play this game totally stealth-based and go super crazy. And there's a lot of really great stealth knife takedowns that you can, you have for people that if you can sneak up behind someone and hit a button that is very awkwardly mouse three. You can yeah, still do it with the, the melee attack if you have the knife equipped. Yeah. Like with the first the, the, the left click. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's just a very awkward button. But yeah, so you you can just you can insta kill people with the knife if you sneak up on them, which is you know kind of cool. Uh yeah. you can also insta kill people by shooting them in the head with a silenced pistol, which is also kind of hilarious. Um <laughs> and then the other one is that there are these weird I call them stab fest lockups. <laughs> That's pretty much what they are. So it, you find them first, basically kind of like with the dogs, I think. I can't remember if it's a dog or a person you first do it with, but if a dog jumps in your face and bites you, you like literally just stab it in the neck. You have to click the mouse button to stab it repeatedly in the neck until it dies and stops. Yep. And the other one is if you like run up and get into a melee battle with someone like, Pop. like, they hit you in the head with a baton and you stab them with a knife and it's whoever like does the most damage the fastest, but the whole time you're, you know, stuck in one spot and people can shoot you. So, yeah. but they're but like almost should. comically like people hitting each other back and forth. It, it just, it, it seemed like a three stooges moment. Yeah. It really almost. did. <laughs> it was, it was, it, it's, it's such a surreal moment whenever that happens that you're just smack, 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 smack. Yeah. and usually you can usually you can stab someone like five or six times before they can hit you once which is also yep. hilarious all right so did you like my weapon descriptions by the way <laughs> yeah they're they're kind of funny so i i basically just did a rundown of the weapons and i put little onomatopoeia descriptions next to them I like knife it's a knife it stabs things the handgun goes pow pow the smg goes pow 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 Assault rifle goes pop up how slightly louder. <laughs> the air marksman just the weapon rundown. The air marksman is a sniper rifle. You've got an automatic and double barreled shotgun to choose from. The MG46 and MG60. Grenades. We'll get into that later. Yeah, you've got your potato masher grenade, your standard potato masher grenade, and that happens in 1946. And later on, a Tesla grenade. The laser cutter, which is a really cool mechanic that uh, I know you want to get into. And there's oh, also yeah. Craftwork, which is an upgraded model of laser cutter. Yeah, you get like a ridiculous number of upgrades to the laser craftwork thing, and like they really wanted you to use that thing, and I hated it. I only ever 
noticed one of them which is the rapid fire version of it and like none of the other ones i'd never noticed any difference in what they do well the only one that i you really notice a difference is when you get the scope and that is it can charge up the blast too full and then there's a i know you probably didn't see it but as you're aiming on the site you're pointing at the at the character you want to sh snipe and it charges the blast to the full uses the entire battery but it is almost guaranteed a one-hit kill Oh, nice. I uh, apparently never found the scope. Huh. I made a point of getting all the upgrades because I really enjoy this game and I kind of memorized where they all are. Nice. <laughs> so we'll talk about the laser craft, laser cutters mechanics in the uh, in a little bit. I just wanted to go through a, a basic rundown of the, the enemies. There's mm -hmm. soldiers, which are just various types of regular soldiers, usually equipped with assault rifles. There's the commanders who have a very interesting mechanic of sounding the alarm. Like you could sneak up on them and kill them with the uh, the knife mechanics that Dan mentioned earlier, as well as the sound snipe, snipe them with a pistol from like a hundred oh yards. Oh god! Yes, I've. Do you do that too? Like across the map on uh, on the the base later on in the game, I'm just sitting like, I wonder if I can get. Yep, I can get him. <laughs> it just it calls for some funny moments, yes. but yeah, if you. If you fail to sneak up on them or you shoot a loud weapon or someone sees you, they can sound the alarm, which basically brings a bunch of regular troops at you in a hurry. And they usually only wield a pistol. They're rarely armored. I've never I don't think I've ever seen one armored. They just wear those ridiculous uh ridiculous hats. Yeah. There's also the commandos, which generally have a uh they're heavier versions of the soldier troops, um, usually have I believe they have assault rifles or shotguns. Now the fire troopers are the fucking worst in the game. I hate them a lot. They've got auto shotguns and heavy armor, and they're fucking assholes. And instead of, for some reason, they call them fire troopers, but they don't have flamethrowers. They've just got auto shotguns. I don't know if that was going to be yeah. a mechanic in the game or not, and they just never changed the name of it, or... Yeah, and, and they were there. weird, because I, I seem to remember early on, like, it, it seemed like they, you could shoot one of the tanks on their back, and it yes. would, like, blow up and kill them. But then that, that stopped working. Really? Uh, that kept working some, for me. At some random ass point towards the end of the game, like huh. I kept doing it and it like wouldn't work. So I just had to keep shooting them until That's they died. They, they take a lot of fucking hits. Unless you're using the, the laser upgrade for the, uh, the AR rifle. Mm -hmm. in, in which case you just kind of point and click and giggle while they die in a very meaty fashion. <laughs> Yes. There's also the rocket troopers that have the assault rifles with the rocket launcher attachment on them, and they're also fucking assholes. <laughs> and then there's the dogs you described earlier, which get into various degrees of go from regular dogs with mechanical legs to mechanical faces, and it's really yeah. uncomfortable and ugly looking and makes me sad. Yeah, and a lot of the times they're asleep when you encounter them, mm -hmm. and yep. so you can you can just execute them while they're asleep, which is kind of funny. But like I said, they can also pin you to a single spot while they're trying to bite you or and other people can shoot you, which can be uh, kind of aggravating. And you just have to stab really? the shit out of them to get them, get you off them, get them off of you. So now I want to talk about the laser cutter. Please do. Because weirdly, this is probably my favorite thing in this game, which sounds really fucking bizarre to say. But so like, the cutter itself is really cool, but the forcing you to use the laser craft work is the worst part of the game because the laser weapons are really, really. Oh, really I no, I I don't I don't care about any of the like weird beam weapon stuff later. I'm just talking about okay. like literally 
cutting through fences, cutting into crates, cutting into the access things to access the like v- duct work to cr- the sneak around. Like the fact that you could just like literally run up to something and go like, and like just plasma cutter a hole in it, <laughs> like in any shape you cut, like yep. really, really quick. And then just run into it was, was really fun. And I will totally admit that uh, towards the end of the game, when you're like on Death Set Island and and on the moon base too, I was had this really bad habit of just like cutting penis shaped holes and things just to be yeah. like an extra, you know, F you to Death Set at the end of the game. Because it was just fun. Because you can literally cut any shape you want and like that cutout will fall out of the, the you know, chain link fence or whatever. But it's... I'm- it was just it was a really cool mechanic like as it developed over the course of the game and it was just like man i would totally play a game where you just run around with a crazy laser cutter and like everything is done by you know cutting holes and things kind of like a kind of like a a laser cutter version of portal yeah like how fun would that be for a puzzle game absolutely uh especially if you get limited amount of ammo and you have to like get to the other side by cutting holes and things yeah like yeah all right I don't know. It's just just a funny, funny, funny thing. Yeah. I I enjoyed it. It was one of those just kind of unexpected things. Like this should not be as fun as it is to just cut a hole in a chain link fence with a laser cutter. Like <laughs> it's supposed to just be like, okay, well, this is how we can wall stuff up unless you're creative and blah 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 blah. And right, but it ended up just being really weird, fun. Man, enjoyed it. Me too. Okay. There's one more mechanic. Uh, depending on a choice you make early on in the game, you can either pick up lock picking or hot wiring vehicles or items. Well, Basically, it's the same. Mecha- it's it's a lock picking mechanic, but it's all like it was always hot wiring for me. Like you would rip off yeah. uh, like a number well, panel and then hot wire the lock open. You made a you, one, the choice. Depending on the choice you made very early in the game, you either get that or a set of lock picks. Okay, I'll take uh, your word for it. I'll explain later. I, I'm pretty uh, sure I know the choice you story. made because you're talking yeah. about because there's literally only one choice to make in the game. Yep. And it actually matters instead of the illusion of choice. Yes. Sorry. But yeah. So I want to talk about the hot wiring mechanic because it is sure. interesting because it is a very unique take on the whole lock picking thing that a lot of games try and do. Mm-hmm. But holy crap, is it tedious? It is. The lock picking itself, when you get the actual lock picks, is also tedious because the lock jumps out of your way. Because yeah. you, you pry off the top of the, the lock, and mm-hmm. there's tumblers that, you, as you're clicking, you're rotating the lock in order to align the tumblers, and then click, click, and they click up. So all you're doing is literally kind of moving your mouse back and forth in order to line up the, the green arrow with the tumblers. Yeah. Before okay. it jumps out of your way. It's just as annoying. Yeah. Though... Very, very quickly in the game, I found a method for defeating the hot wiring mechanic that made me laugh a lot. Okay. Basically, I discovered if you just flail the mouse around randomly, you'll end up beating the lock. <laughs> like instead of trying to, because I spent the, you know, several times, like it was getting really tedious when you're trying to be really, really precise and his hands don't move the way you think they're supposed to move. So if you just flail the mouse around a whole bunch, especially side to side and then a little up and down, he'll just like, psh, 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 and it opens. And you're nice. just like, nice. I don't think it's supposed to work like that, but <laughs> now it is. So that's pretty awesome. I, I literally in my notes, 
in my notes, I literally have new hotwire strategy, flail mouse around randomly until it opens. <laughs> I wonder if that's intentionally made that way. It it might be, be which would be even more hilarious. But yeah, yeah. it was very much a, I just kind of randomly did it because it was funny. Yeah. Um, I was okay. just like, I wonder if this is going to work. And holy shit, did it work. So I hate to say it, but we are rapidly approaching spoilerific territory. So if you have not played the game and really want to uh, put the podcast down now, you can complete it in a day if you really dedicate your whole day to it. Yeah, yeah, I think I think it's an eight to twelve hour game. If I remember the how long to beat, whatever website says. Yeah, how long to beat says it's an average of twelve hours. Yeah, I did it in like oh, ten and a half, I think. But apparently, you've memorized where everything is. So just just for just the upgrades for the craft work for some reason, everything else I I just was kind of stumbling. But mm-hmm. it made the last couple boss fights really easy because there's a lot of ridiculous mechanics to them. Yes, there are. But we'll get into that in a little bit. So if you want to not have things spoiled for you any further than we have, please put the podcast down now, go play the game, and come back. The following content contains spoilers and the possibility of graphic violence, nudity, vocal and uncensored opinions, cursing, loud sighs of regret, anguish, and the possibility of sleepy hosts. Please skip ahead to 2 hours, 3 minutes, 53 seconds. If you wish to avoid the proceeding, listener discretion is advised. Okay, welcome back to the cast. So we are now in full-on spoiler mode. We are in the territory of, we're going to talk about the campaign, because we kind of have to. I I really didn't take too many notes on the full campaign of it, but I've got a wiki out because honestly i didn't i wasn't sure how spoiler if i wanted to get to but hmm? it starts off with obviously starting off on death said compound you are assaulting the base with uh probes white the third and uh fergus reed and reed is giving you all the instructions it's all kinds of fun stuff i know you have the the whole flight in which is kind of ridiculous do you want to talk about that instead yeah the, the flight in was that's the only thing i took notes on was that Shoot. first flight in and it was just Joker. like uh, well, so <laughs> this has no spoilers at all, but the uh, when you're selecting a difficulty, the f- different faces of BJ yeah. are like absolutely hilarious. Like those those cracked me up so much. Did you play the original Wolfenstein? Uh, yes. Or they the had, uh, Wolfenstein they 3D. That. Yeah, they mimicked yeah. that. Oh, I know, I know. Which made and, me laugh. Yeah, but I loved the uh, him with the baby bonnet and the pacifier like cracked me up a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't know. The The plane flight was just so ridiculously over the top that it was almost like it, it did a good job of setting expectations for the game. Just like, okay, this whole game is going to be ridiculously over the top. It but is. yeah, but it was also just like kind of like, yeah, my suspension of disbelief is gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're really supposed to at that point, considering. Yeah. Oh, I know. But it's just, you know, in, when it comes to most video games, like, yeah, I mean, and all media, like, so movies, books, whatever, like, there is a degree of suspension of disbelief where, like, you, you can, like, yeah, I know this is a story. I can accept some ridiculousness, like crashing yeah. a plane into the. Some, th- some things that are over the top. Like, I can accept some of that. 
yeah. but like some of this stuff was just so crazy it was just like okay yep this is this is totally not realistic at all not not like, like jumping from one plane to the other yeah because because wind is wind is not a thing you know it's definitely not a thing in this game no um <laughs> so your plane is going down and uh reed said hey tell the tell the captain to level out you're taking on passengers and you're just sitting there like wait what yeah because you and fergus make the jump from one plane to the other and apparently as dan said wind is not a thing in this game because you're bj fucking blaskowitz yep <laughs> yeah because that's the thing is if you're trying to transfer from one plane to another like as soon as you get out of the very very tiny bubble surrounding your plane like there's just a shit ton of drag that's just gonna you know especially if you're traveling at like 100 miles an hour or 200 miles an hour like most planes are with yeah. their propeller based like you're just gonna go by and people are gonna yeah. wave at you absurdly as you fly away yeah basically but yeah uh the plane crashing into the plane was kind of funny it was kind of neat and you got yeah like a plane stuck in your plane that you have to go around basically (laughs) yep pretty much and then um basically that this part of the game comes up with the probably the most quotable line of the entire game for me and that was um when bj's getting up (laughs) after being knocked the fuck out (laughs) what i'm just looking at my my notes for this scene it's just so this is just it it's just like a short burst of notes it's bj is a pilot corrected to co-pilot your engine gets hit so you have to go put out the fire then you dump the cargo then you get in the turret then you get overwhelmed by enemies then you wake up then you get hit by a plane then you jump to a troop transport then you get hit by another plane and then you're on death set island (laughs) which is like it, it reads like the script of a michael bay movie it's like your plane just got hit by two different planes got hit by two different planes like really yes. dude so yeah i don't know it's it was it was just funny it, it made me laugh like that's what i was just like yeah I'm, I'm not taking notes anymore that was way too much that's just one scene and and as 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 much fun as we're making of this scene there's still a lot of a lot of depth to the game, a lot of gravity to the game, because mm-hmm. it does take. You're literally going through a war, yeah. and you are, you're put, being put in a soldier's shoes, and it's it's it has this really great internal monologue mechanic that I really mm-hmm. enjoyed because BJ is basically just talking to himself and trying to get through it, and when he's waking up after the plane crashes, uh, I think my favorite line of the entire game is just. He's BJ's getting up. He's like death of the gates again, howling my name. I can't greet you today. I got a war to win. And he's just, that just shows you the kind of person that this man is. He's just, he's got to get up. He's got to push forward because I got to get shit done. I can't die right now. Please come back. One of the really great things about this game, it's definitely the kind of the film noir esque internal dialogue that goes on the Mm -hmm. whole time. And one of the things that makes it interesting is it's it's mostly whispered. It's very quiet. Mm-hmm. And it definitely gets you in the mood because like, you know, when some when something's a little quiet, you you have to like kind of lean in, you have to pay more attention to it. Very 
risky thing to do kind of because if it's too quiet people like won't be able to hear it people are just kind of kind of like tune out and uh and it can get lost but i they they managed to do it really well which was very surprising i think this particular scene for me is where it gave me the focus to it it just it snapped you into it It it's like i've got to pay attention to this because this is going to get good yeah, and it went really well with a lot of the stealth aspects of the game because it was mm-hmm. it was him whispering in his own head. It was not just a loud, blatant kind of like like they do with film noir, where it's just over you know over the top narration. Like it was a it was a quiet, like I'm being stealthy right now, yeah. and I I'm gonna sneak up on this dude, and man, stab this, in the this, neck. This. This shit's really fucked up right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and as much fun as we're making fun of it in the moment, you just sit there and you're like, "This is really, yeah. really well." Good. I, and I'm not. I'm honestly not making that much fun of it. Like, it, it's literally yeah. he 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 talks and he whispers and he and he makes points about things and he he definitely provides a lot of insight to the game and it's it's a weird level of exposition that it actually helps the story where a lot of exposition just feels like you know crappy icing on top of a twinkie you know (laughs) (laughs) this is where i feel like wolfenstein the new order and doom 2016 differ greatly Mm -hmm. because doom 2016 the story is a vehicle for the gameplay and that's just boom boom bang bang shoot them up kill everything in sight great game it -hmm. is a great game for a different reason but it's a token story where the real star is the gameplay Yes, but whereas Wolfenstein the New Order, it is a, it, the gameplay is a vehicle for the story, mm-hmm. which is just an amazing story on its own. And that vehicle is being driven by a character. And that character, it has that internal monologue. They do a great job taking a generic run-of-the-mill guy, you know, the, the super soldier jarhead badass. Pardon yeah. my jarhead, I don't mean to say that. <laughs> I, it's it's very insulting, I know, but not really accurate. Accurate in the case of of BJ because that's mm-hmm. exactly what he was. He was just the generic GI Joe. Yep. But they took him and made him into a person, a guy, a dude who's going through this. Like yeah. you can identify with him because of this internal monologue. Yeah, they they definitely make the story personal, and they they definitely give it very personal relatable stakes absolutely especially when he starts getting involved with what anya i think her name is right yeah yep anya oliwa so in fact why don't we start talking about that portion of it so in death's heads compound yeah we we need to get to get through death's heads compound to the choice leading up to it so as we're going through death's heads compound you're you're getting to know ferguson wyatt and Fergus Reed and Wyatt, Probes Wyatt III, are the two characters that are going to be central to the plot. And the problem is that you only get to keep one of them. Yep. So as you're going through Death's Head's compound, you get to a point where Death's Head himself captures you in a, I believe it's an incinerator. And you end up uh, where his Ubermensch freaking Uber soldiers keep all three of you locked down you Wyatt, and fergus are all locked down and death's and your whole you... squad like there's oh, more you're... people than that oh they're all dead 
it's just it is just the three of you. Everyone else no, died. Okay. That's the whole thing, is that it is just the three of you. Mm-hmm. So the problem is here is that Death said as he remarks how pretty the eyes are. Oh, I'm sorry, there's dude with one eye left. Uh he had his eye he had his eye popped out. Mm-hmm. Remember the dude the patch? I take that back because he's he remarks on the eyes of Wyatt and Fergus and said, Oh, this one's broken. Because he talks about the guy with the the missing eye and said mm-hmm. this one's broken because he wants the eyes. And this will come back to haunt you as the game continues on because you get more flashbacks, but he forces you to make a choice. Which one is he going to experiment on? And you choose who dies. Yeah. You don't get a, you don't get the opportunity to not choose. Yeah, if you don't choose, they kill you and you have to do it all over again. Yeah. So because <laughs> I did that. I definitely yeah. it was like, fuck you, I'm not choosing. Yep. I'll look right. He's like, look at the one that you want to save, or you want to, yeah, look at the one you want to save. And like, or no, look at the one that you, want, the one to you want to die. Yeah. And so I looked at him like the whole time. Yep. Uh, that would, that would be a nice option. But unfortunately, machine games is very cruel in this instance and forces you to kill a character. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I actually did both. The first time I chose Fergus to live, I chose mm-hmm. Wyatt to die. And this time I went through the playthrough with, uh, with Fergus dying. I assume you chose Fergus, judging by your your mechanic of hot wiring stuff. Yeah, I I saved Fergus. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, so a quick thing to ask you at this point in time, which is something I wanted to ask you: which of the two continuities, because that's what they call it, they call it like the Fergus continuity or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, which of the the two storylines do you think is better? <sighs> That's this is going to be a tough one. This is going to yeah, be a tough one. Really tough. Which because... which of the two probably slightly different storylines? I'm assuming well, there's there's only there's, a handful of like flavor that's changed. Yeah. Uh, there's, so there's uh, there's one there's one instance where you you come in and you see either Reed or Fergus sitting at his bench in his essentially his room at the at the uh, resistance compound, yeah. and there's a you knock on his door to get the, get to get a file folder. He's like, "Yeah, I got it right here," and then he yells at you, saying, "You made the wrong fucking choice." Yeah, that's Ed's compound. That the essential bones of that scene remain the same, but the, mm-hmm. what happens to the character in between doesn't. Mean, and then why he blames you for making that decision doesn't change. Yeah. So, well, I figured that scene was basically going to be the same, and then there's a scene yeah. at the very end that I figure is just basically going to be role swapped. Yep. The last, the next to last boss fight. Yep, and that's that's really it. Um, but those are the only two scenes I can think of that actually make any sense. That and somehow, so you, well, you've got hot wiring, right? Yeah. From Reed, somehow Wyatt picks that up too. So the scene where you go through with the jeep and pick up the pick up the car when you're breaking okay. out of the prison, that doesn't change. It's just character swapping, and that yeah. kind of bothers me. Well, I don't think when you're breaking out of the prison that there's, you don't hotwire the car. Like, that's not. And, and in fact, um, when you do, Anya says, can either of you hotwire a car? Yeah. Yeah, you don't hotwire the car. The Wyatt slash Fergus character does. Right. Which bothers me because for the entire point was for you to get the lockpicks from Wyatt or learn how to hotwire things from Fergus. Oh, I didn't. I didn't That's, get anything at all that Fergus taught you to hotwire stuff. Like you just yeah. you get to a like literally you get to a control box, you get to a door at one point in time and you rip the thing off and you start hot wiring it. And that's the and, only and, explanation you yeah. get. Like, and you and I get say kinda... I say 
teach because Fergus, Fergus, why it gives you lock picks. And I say teach because that's where you learn it. Yeah. As he lived. So that's the, really the only mechanic that changes is you either get hot wiring or lock picking. Okay. It's just, it, it's a weird thing, but I don't know. That's the, they're, I, I, I want to say that illusion of choice isn't here, but it really is because mechanically all you get is a different, different way to open a door. Yeah. That's it. Dif- different mini game. Yeah. A different lock picking mini game and a few different story sections where for where yeah. Wyatt tells a little bit of a different story than Fergus does. Um, yeah. Cause, cause I would imagine some of the like side comments made by Fergus are going to be different. Oh, he, he turns it, he turns darker really quick too. Well, like, but, but no, like, so there's, there's a scene later where you're going to a crazy secret lab basically. And Fergus goes with you and with the old man, whose name I can't remember right now. I think it's Saul. Oh, that one, Seth Roth. Uh, So yeah. So, and Ferguson makes, or Fergus makes a whole bunch of comments. Mm -hmm. And like, so he wouldn't be there. The other guy would, would be there and he would make a different set of comments, but but they're, they're mechanically similar. It's just the same dialogue, but different characters or it's a different talking head or a slightly different dialogue that can be, but it's, just cookie cuttered into the same thing, which is exactly, yeah. So it's, it's it's mechanically the same, and there is kind of an illusion of choice, but you get to choose who lives and who dies. It's a very shitty situation because you get to know these characters in a very mm-hmm. short time, but they actually start meaning something to you because yeah. Fergus meant something and, to me. Like I really, really hesitated to kill him, and I really hesitated yeah. to kill Wyatt too. Well, that's and that is the reason why I picked to save Fergus in the. F- in my playthrough was that like, look, you obviously have a history with this dude. You know, he's, he is your friend. You, you know, he's your friend. You're, you know, you are much more likely to save the life of your friend than to save a life of some poor schmuck private. You're going to feel bad about the poor schmuck private, like being, being killed and not being able to help the private. You're, you are going to have survivor's guilt. Mm -hmm. Fergus obviously has survivor's guilt. And Um, so does Wyatt later on too. Yeah. But at the same time, like you're, you're going to save, save your friend. You're going to save your buddy. Like, you, yeah. you know, the guy that you've been through all of this shit with is that's the guy you're going to save. Like, absolutely. That, that, that's the reason I made that particular choice. Uh, cause I felt it was the first time too. Yeah. That, that if it made the most sense, I, I'm curious to play through the game and pick Wyatt next time or uh, his name is Wyatt. What's his Probst name? Wyatt the third. Yeah. Wyatt. Yes. Uh, so, I'm curious if I play it again, uh, I, I would definitely save Wyatt. Also, I probably killed Wyatt because so. his parents clearly hated him for naming him Probst. Maybe. <laughs> I joke because that's a horrible name. It, it is a pretty terrible name. But just to see the other cutscenes and maybe to see Jimmy, I would highly recommend giving it a second playthrough. Yeah. Because that, that scene alone is awesome. Yeah, well, now that I know that you can like get extra cutscenes in the game by yeah. using the beds... I uh, would definitely theoretically do that again. So at one point, I'm going to spoil it a little bit for you because you drop Thanks, acid with Jimi Hendrix. And it's really cool because yeah. he's like, don't touch my guitar, man. And he he gets a little bit so, sassy with you because... So who is the Jimi Hendrix character? Is he the insane black dude you meet at the like yeah. Bombast or whatever? No, no, no. 
he's actually he's already in the base he's in the base the entire time he never fights he doesn't do anything he's just there with his guitar unless you're looking for him you don't interact with him so don't feel bad about missing him where is he because i explored the entire base and never saw him he is on the first floor near where caroline's room is and near anya when you're in the base he's there i promise he, he, he absolutely blends in the background, not dude. he blends in the background he was not in my game if you're not looking for him it is easy to miss i promise i searched every square inch of that stupid base and interacted with every person in it he was not there all right i promise he was not there maybe he's there with why playthrough and not with the i mean because that might be maybe he's yeah. with why playthrough and not with the the um... he he was definitely not there for my dude like i I would have noticed a person there because I went up and interacted with every person. Oh, th- I, yep. Because you get Tekla. Tekla's there, the eccentric female resistance member who's very concerned with equations and results. Yes. She's in the Fergus playthrough. Jay is only in the Y playthrough. That's there why. you go. Okay. I'm like, I'm like I don't know what that you're talking sense. about, dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I had I had the crazy psychic person oh, trying man. to do math yep. to figure out yep. the. Yep. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah. So honestly, it is one of the most um, interesting scenes because you know i i both want to and do not want to say this should i which you spoil because tecla dies in your playthrough right yeah towards at the very very end so does he in a different way because you remember the the most iconic scene of Jimi hendrix playing the star spangled banner Mm -hmm. he does that here That's how nice. he goes out. He's just blasting with his fucking guitar. He's like, what is that? Is it a weapon? That's the the Nazis are coming in. What is that? Is that a weapon? Just fucking fill him up with lead. Oh, God, it's awesome. Um, but yeah, there's a also a scene with with uh, Jay where you touch his guitar. He's like, hey, don't touch my guitar. They have a scene together and they drop acid and play guitar together. And it's really cool. That's funny. No wonder they had the drop acid joke in the... Uh... The, yep. the trailer for the, the second game. Yeah, because I didn't get it either until I played this particular playthrough. Because I, I actually, now that I, now that you mentioned that, now that you talk about it, I don't remember him being in the Fergus timeline either, for obvious reasons. Yeah, because he's not. <laughs> yes, for obvious <laughs> like, reasons. Like, yeah. So, sorry, man. Like, I have no, no, no idea no, what you're no, talking about. Totally makes sense now. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. We were on the actual chapter. So after you get to a point where you are escaping the room after Fergus or Wyatt is killed, they're helping you. That the character who is not killed is helping you escape. They get your coughs off. You and they you either hotwire a lock or blah, Wyatt gives you a set of lock picks and you pick open the window. So you open the window, jump out, and explosions happen. You get shrapnel in the back of your head. Mm-hmm. And you wake up in an asylum. Yep. It is not known how much time has passed yet, but you are essentially in a vegetative state. You are catatonic, can't talk. You can you can move and, your eyes, and that's it. And seasons blur past at yes. times. It, you basically are in a montage scene where you're taught you're looking at the nurse who is taking care of you, who is Anya. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is shown that the you are in a Nazi-controlled asylum because they're trying to have, they're trying to force the doctor to sign paperwork in order to take away prisoners, mm-hmm. and then eventually it turns out again where they said your services are no longer required, 
They kill the doctor. They kill one of the nurses. Anya is taken away. And you, you, you basically kind of wake up from your catatonia with the, the violence happening around you. You're kind of snapped and back into reality. You snag the knife off of the, 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 the steak knife off of the table. Um, and as soon as the soldier approaches, you stab him in the throat. It is a very violent and satisfying scene. And that alone cemented the game as just fantastic for me. Yeah. I don't know. After that, you basically fight your way out of the asylum using either using stealth means or just plain good old-fashioned ass-kicking violence. Get outside, you rescue Anya, and then you jump in the car and head off to the, essentially, Chapter 3, which is A New World. You meet Anya's father and mother, and they start sneaking you into Eisenwald Prison, which is where you torture the secret to where your friends are held captive out of a Nazi jagoff yeah. who attempts Chain to kill you. Chainsaw interrogation. Oh, it was wonderful. Because you're just sitting there kind of <laughs> getting the chains. As he's yelling at you, you're just getting the chainsaw prepared. And because you don't want even more blood on you than you already have, because you're still wearing your, your hospital stuff that has all kinds of blood on it, mm -hmm. you put on an apron <laughs> and, and a pair of welding goggles. And get ready to saw this guy's head off. He doesn't tell you what you want to know. He eventually tells you that your friends are being held in Eisenwald prison. Well, the resistance is being held in Eisenwald prison. And you gear up in a very snappy looking set of clothing. They really did it well, the character design, I think. And yep. you, Anya, and her parents pile into their truck and, and head off to Eisenwald. Um, basically, you guys, you and Anya are set in the trunk because they're obviously looking for the nurse and mental patient who got who killed a bunch of their comrades. And you set off to try and get through the checkpoints in order to get on a train to Eisenwald. And I know you want to talk about the train scene. Yeah. So uh, please do. So the train had this really interesting scene in it that uh like this is where you meet two of the villains for the first time. And that is the, Booby and and yeah. uh Arinanjo. Yeah. So you're getting coffee for yourself and Anya and you turn around and basically this, you know, these two German officers come in and they have like this big entourage with them of security guards and crazy monsters. And they're like, yeah, bring the coffee over here. And you've got this tray full of coffee and you're like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> so you you're put the coffee down. Like they put the coffee down. They're like, here, sit down. It's like we have a test for you and we want to uh we want to find out whether you are you know Aryan or not. And mm -hmm. so they flip over these like series of just pictures and ask you to pick between the two pictures just at random. Like they just flip them over and occasionally which they ask makes you, you happy, which one yeah. makes you aroused and which yeah. one makes you uh, the most disgusted, I think, were the three questions. Yeah, so, something something along those lines. And, like, it is a really tense situation because there's, like, a gun on the table and they're just basically, like, if you, if you answer any of these questions wrong, you die. And she also says, if you go for the gun, you'll be dead before you pull the trigger. Yeah. She's, she's very adamant about it. She is very very chilling like whoever yeah. did the voice acting for this and how they did the the mannerisms did a fantastic job it's just a very very intriguing scene but sorry yeah I, oh i definitely agree so so yeah the interesting part is that basically 
the whole tense thing ends up just being a ruse and they're just fucking with you. And like really the only test is whether or not you go for the gun. Because I'm I'm assuming if you go for the gun, you'll just get the shit blown out of you. You didn't go for it? No. I assumed you would. No. I was like, I'm just gonna just gonna play your play stupid long. game yeah. and I'm gonna get the fuck out of here as quickly as I can. And and she remarks that she can tell whether or not they're air they're Aryan just by looking at them. Yeah. It can tell whether can or not she... your blood is pure. Yeah. Yeah. Just by looking at them, which, you know, is stupid, but it is. And they have a But it is definitely life. consistent with uh ideology yep and uh they have a big laugh over it you get up you take your coffee and it's a very tense moment that you just kind well, of you, you start getting up to leave and they're just like yeah just get this fucking coffee out of here like you just, just don't, don't forget your coffee for your for your lady friend i think is what uh what angel says yeah uh Frau angel. god i hate her yep anyway um so you pick up your pick up the coffee you go back and at this point i've i audibly sighed with relief the first time i played the game because mm-hmm. holy shit that was one of the most tense moments yeah it, and that's what made it so great is it was like this really really good story moment that was like incredibly tense and you really felt like if you fuck this up you're screwed like like what's gonna happen yeah because you know deep down like underneath you like this is a shooter i'm supposed to kill people this is the it doesn't matter yeah but it, it is it, like you know it's just a game but at the same time you are very tense. That's a mark, a hallmark of very good writing and very good yeah. acting and very good storytelling. It is and by just, far, I made this joke with you before we started, like it is probably the best scene I have ever seen in a Bethesda published game. I wholeheartedly and agree. Any of the Elder Scrolls games, any of the Fallout games, you know, anything that Bethesda has had their hands on, this is probably the, the most tense and dramatically good scene I've seen from any game. Absolutely which agree. Is, which is a crazy thing to say from Wolfenstein. Right? Like this yeah. is set the bar for first person shooters as far as I'm concerned. It re- at least for at least first first person shooters that want to have a story because like I yeah. said Doom is an excellent game in its own right for different reasons. Yeah. I mean the only thing that I can think that kind of comes close is to a degree the uh airport scene from one Call of the Duty, the, the Call of Duty games where you like Warfare, yeah you have to choose whether or not to just shoot innocent civilians because you're kind of implanted in this terrorist group. Yeah. And uh, like, yeah, that's, that's a really crazy scene. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's a shame that they've gotten so far away from that in more recent games. Yeah. But yeah, I guess but, just another yeah. scene that had a really good dramatic weight to it, but yes. it wasn't anything as close to this where it just oh, felt like you, if you, if you make the wrong game. move, you are, you are just Ghost. totally boned. Because you're not only thinking of yourself, you're thinking of Anya in the other car. Because you have another person to to really yeah. think about. Yeah, so you're if, just if, like, what's going to happen to me and what's going to happen to her? Yeah, if you die, she's probably dead too. So Yeah. So, but anyway, at that point, once once she says she was fucking with you, she puts the gun away. She says, don't forget your coffee. You pick it up and you go to Anya. And um, there's a little to balance out the tense drama there's also the tense romance that happens yep. now where you put down she's like is that coffee for me and he's like yeah it is in, in fact he only answers in one word yes yeah to all of the questions that she asks is that coffee for me yes uh are you okay yes there's only <laughs> one bed yes <laughs> are you okay with sharing yes and then 
they end up uh, having sex on the way to Eisenwald prison, which is really kind of weird to say in a single sentence. Yes. <laughs> and after that, you are finally in to Eisenwald. You end up breaking in, uh, sneaking your way into a point where you you find your prisoner. With the, basically, he told you that the prisoners are in B2, uh, cell block B2, which you find yeah. and end up finding either Wyatt or Fergus, depending on the playthrough that you do. Yeah. Depending on who you killed <laughs> in the earlier game. be a little bit polite about it, but yes, depending on who you kill, uh, you end up finding one of them. They, break, they help you break out. You end up... Um, Hot wiring a car, which is still one of the points of contention that I mentioned with Dan earlier. Because yep. uh, it bothered me a little bit. Like he learned, I guess he learned it in the last like 14 fucking years. Because, oh yeah. Yeah, you know. 1960. Yeah, it's, you know, you can't learn how to hot wire a car in 14 years. That's, that's just ridiculous. So I kind of glossed over the fact and forgot to mention that... 14 years have passed in your in your catatonic state which one this killed my suspension of disbelief because i oh, have yeah. in my notes over here that your muscles would be so atrophied that you couldn't move you would have to have months if not years of physical therapy in order to gain that back yeah that mobility back and I, I know because i watched it happen a friend mm-hmm. of mine had regained the ability to walk again after a couple of surgeries countless surgeries actually and had muscles atrophy to the point where he could not move and had to have years of physical therapy yeah even like having a cast for like six to eight weeks like ridiculously screws you up Mm -hmm. anyway oh god that picture test was fucked up (laughs) i I do have in my notes in here did you go for the gun but yeah you didn't so you basically sneak into eisenwald prison you're in section b2 uh, and you hotwire the car to escape with Anya and uh, whomever you chose. So there's, in the years intervening between the two, uh, the 1946 and 1960, uh, either Wyatt or Fergus have been joined up with the resistance and have learned quite a bit mm-hmm. in uh, about Berlin, which is where you're headed for Eisenwald, and end up in a rather interesting moment where you literally leap from a bridge that is covered in mist. You yeah. rig the car in order to drive forward, the thinking having the cameras, which basically it is a uh, 1984 police state type of thing going on, yep. where cameras are everywhere watching your every move, and you leap into the water in order to get into the resistance headquarters, which brings you to Chapter 5, A New Home. You meet yep. all of the people that we spoke of earlier, including several other characters, specifically uh, guys like, depending on your uh, playthrough, you can either meet Jay or uh, Echo, was it? Uh, it starts with a T, I think. Tekle? Can't remember. I don't know. Her I'm trying to look it up on the wiki, but it's being slow. Yeah. So, yeah, she she's just a weird character who, like, literally yeah. has calculated... Tekel. Yeah, has calculated for all kinds of crazy contingencies and you showing up screws up everything. So she has to go back and redo everything. And her little bedroom is just littered with paper. Like the entire window, I think, is filled up with paper, like just stacks and stacks of paper with math calculations on them. It's pretty crazy. So either read or why, depending on whom you chose, leads you into the space, introduce you to everybody. And in the wise timeline, it is literally 
Jimi Hendrix or in Reed's or Fergus's timeline, it is Tekla, the mathematician. You also meet Klaus Kreutz and uh, violently assault him uh, because he is a... He has an SS tattoo. He is a reformed Nazi uh, who... The trouble is that um, he had a son who was born with a birth defect and the SS came in... Club foot, I believe. Correct. SS came in, killed his wife and son, and he ended up uh, adopting the amazing Max Haas, who is a childish brood of a man who is just this fucking giant. He is huge. Uh, picture um, Andre the Giant, but with a basically a caved-in skull. Yeah. And you've got Max Haas. Well, I don't know how much of it is caved in and how much of it is uh, deformed. Just missing. Like it got... Because yeah. it almost yeah. looks like a slice. It, it does. I agree. Uh, so basically, he he's only able to say two words. He's very much like Hodor. And he can only say his name, Max Haas. Which, fun side note, if you've played the original Wolfenstein 3D, um, when you see the guys with the submachine guns, they go, Max Haas. Okay. Just fun side note. I just thought it was a fun little nod to the original Wolfenstein oh, it 3D. Is. It's kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah, he's me- mentally impaired. He's also a pacifist, which you find out as you're looking for the uh, files for Project Whisper because he's hidden the files in his his bunk. Um, yep. he's really easily frightened by sights, sounds, any sort of violence and develops into an interesting character that yeah. later on, especially near the end of the game, Bobby Bram, he's an English resistance member. Uh, unfortunately, he lost his wife during the London resistance, um, and ends up becoming a suicide bomber to help you get into the base. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a very tense moment because he says he's got a 14 hour drive ahead of him he doesn't want to do he only can do this once and you don't really it doesn't really sink in what he means by that there's no there's a ring of finality to it but at the same time you're not sure what's what he's talking about until you see him drive into the base with 14 kilograms of explosives in his trunk uh, 140 sorry 140 kilograms of explosives in his trunk and then the fucking thing just detonates so That was a moment where I was just like, wait, what are you doing? What are you, Bobby? Bobby? Boom. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Because that was just a very poignant moment because you didn't expect that. At least I didn't. You also meet later on in the game, uh, Seth Roth, who mm-hmm. is a Jewish inventor and part of uh, Dat Yishud. In a prison uh, a, camp. You, you in, break in into it. Well, you infiltrate by getting arrested, basically, into this yeah. prison camp. Why don't we? Why don't we get into this in a, in a second? Um, let's keep it going with the story, though. So the London Nautica uh, is the train that you need in order to break into uh, Camp Bellica. So you basically get on the train. Or is this a portion of the train? No, no, it's not. Because you need to, in order to get into it, you need to actually. Hmm. London Nautica is to steal the helicopters. Yes, thank you. There's so much to remember. So you steal the helicopters. I don't know why it's called to... Nautica if you're stealing helicopters, but you know, might have been a seat base. I don't know. No, I don't. Know. Anyway, you end up stealing the helicopters for Caroline, who has, as we stated before, she is a she was long acquainted with BJ uh, from the 2009 Wolfenstein game. Okay. She shot the spine and has been paralyzed from the waist down. 
Yes. She's a paraplegic in a wheelchair. Yep, yep, yep. yep. But uh, and in fact, one of the more interesting things, like um, he's like, I'm sorry about your legs. And she goes, don't worry about it. I've learned how to fly. Yeah. Because <laughs> she's, she's just literally, as she says, that you take off on one of the helicopters that you just steal in the London Nautica and end up with a lot of documents after stealing the planes for the dot you should. Yeah. Which is where they're finding all the technology, which is why they're talking about Project Whisper, which is the, these helicopters. helicopters. Mm-hmm. And as you get them back to the base, you find the imperfect concrete, which is the uber concrete that the Nazis mm-hmm. have developed, which is being fucked up by Set Roth. And why you go into prison to get in the first place, because the concrete is now rotting and moldy because it's being yeah. slightly altered in the concrete mixture. So you break into Camp Bellica and basically literally get captured and mm-hmm. infiltrated as a prisoner. You find a prisoner who is in section B4, where you need to go to find Set Roth. You, tell, you switch uniforms with him and meet uh, the Namibian prisoner called Bombate. Very interesting character. I liked him a lot. He cracked me up. Yeah, he's just he seems like a guy who just has zero fucks to give mm-hmm. and will have fun doing it at the same time. He, you end up getting to a point where this is where one of the best portions of the game, in my opinion, happened. At least one of the more fun portions of the game, mm-hmm. because you literally ride a mech with a rocket launcher and a um, minigun, basically. Yeah, chain gun. Yeah, on it, and it has eight hundred health. You are romping and stomping through Camp Bellica, shooting Nazis, shooting their rocket launcher guys. It is one of the most fun moments of the game, as far as I'm concerned, because you just yep. get to cause mayhem. Indeed. <sighs> so much Indeed. Fun. Yep. So. You end up uh, freeing Setroth in prison along with a bunch of other uh, prisoners, including uh, Milo and his wife, who are a small portion of the game, but they had a very sad moment later on in the game. Yes. And we'll get to that once we get to a portion of Resistance Headquarters. So everyone's back at Resistance HQ now, and you're trying to talk about that you should with uh, Setroth, who had a crisis of conscience when he was in prison. He wasn't sure if he wanted to say, hey, I want to trade all my secrets to you that I've been sworn to keep secret. Mm-hmm. Rob's not. So you end up getting to a point where he's like, yes, as long as you free me from this hellhole, I will tell you all my secrets. And in light of that, this is the point where either the Fergus conversation or the Y conversation that we mentioned earlier happens, where they blame you for freeing, or killing, yeah, the, they, killing the person. Their survivor's guilt comes out. Yeah, and it's it's pretty heavy because uh, Wyatt, this is, I only remember this conversation because I just had it. Wyatt basically says, you made a fucking mistake, sir. You gave an 18-year-old kid life where you should have let Fergus live. I made so many mistakes. So many yeah. mistakes. I got so many people killed. And Fergus would have known what to do. He always would have known what to do. I didn't. You fucked up. Don't yeah. ever come back here again. He slams the door. And the weirdest part is about 10 minutes later, you're all right again. Y'all are just buddies again. You're thick as thieves. Yep. Did that bother you too? No, I mean, it just, because with Fergus, uh, it's slightly different. You you have your little, your little blow off when you're, when you're talking or he, he yells at you a little bit. And then you get down to the table and he, he kind of like looks at you. And you look at him and he, he kind of like, you could tell he 
regrets yelling at you for it. Mm-hmm. Like he, he kind of says something along the lines of like, you know, you cool. Yeah. And then, and BJ's just kind of like, eh, shit yeah, happens. You know, like, yeah. it's like, look, like you, you, it's very much, it's an unspoken dialogue of like, are we it. cool still? And BJ saying like, I, I don't blame you for anything you said. Like you didn't say anything wrong. Like, I get it. And, but, but it's the dialogue has nothing to do with that. It's basically kind of like, you know, yeah, he's saying like, you, he's like, he's like, you ready to do this or some shit like that. And BJ's just like, you know, do I have a choice? <laughs> yeah. But it, but it was definitely like a moment where the subtext was, yeah, you, you know, I'm glad you got that off your chest. Let's, let's get back to work. And and yet another moment why I think that Machine Games has put together a masterpiece yeah. in this game because having being able to convey that in a video game yeah. where it's having that subtext in a novel is extremely easy. Mm-hmm. Having it in a movie is slightly harder. Having it in a video game where you're trying to manipulate 3D models and do that is exponentially hard. It's much more difficult. And yeah. bravo. But that brings up a like when you're going around and getting all these things for both um, Anya in the first instance, both getting prepped for Project Whisper, and in the second instance for Set when you're trying to get the uh, welding torch. Yeah. There are these weird moments where it just feels like they're padding the game by making you play fetch. Yeah. Did that bother you too? Uh, it just it seemed like a weak point for the game. It was like. Yeah. One, it was letting you show off and explore, and you actually did find extra parts of this little base. Yes. But the thing that I kept thinking the entire time was like, holy crap, is their position like really incredibly weak? And like some random soldier could just stumble in here at any time, despite how protected you think your big armored door with machine guns sticking through it actually is. And you find out that it's really not that protected later on in the game. Yep. So, but you you stumble into the base through at least what two or three points, yeah. two or three different ways, like, yep. and literally stumble in some instances. And usually, some of them right before you get there, you're fighting off drones, like, which is just batty. Like, what the, what is that? Like, do, are, do you guys not want to talk about the drones I just fought? Yeah, like, are we just letting that lie? Is there an elephant in the room that I'm not aware of? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, that, that bothered me as well. Yeah, like it just it seemed an unfortunately weak point to the whole the whole game. Mm-hmm. So, so after that, after Set fixes up the one man mini sub, you end up into a basically a, uh, a the Berlin Catacombs, which is one of the holding points of the information of the Dot Yishud which is a uh, an organization of Jewish scientists who thought up all of the technology that the Nazis have been retroengineering for their their war against yeah. the allied forces and then you know everything else that they did afterwards it's a little bit crazy to think about especially when you get the big ass ball of death yeah it's <laughs> that tears the tension, apart the, the tension ball or torsion ball or whatever they call it yeah the the tw- yeah, it is. It's crazy. They basically you, you head down into the the um, depths the of the ocean. Essentially, yeah, underneath the Berlin catacombs, and pick up a suit that 
is basically a giant, this giant cool suit of armor that allows Caroline to walk again. Yeah. Later it's on the, the game. Uh, cool. uh, whatchamacallit? It's the uh, dead space suit from the uh, Wolfenstein 2 trailer. Yep, essentially. Uh, it's that's well, no, that actually is 100% it, but it looks a lot like Dead Space's uh, like yeah. Isaac's armor, Dead Space with a, with a boxy helmet. Yep, so you take the the big ball of death, uh, big ball of wiry death called the torsion ball, I believe. I yeah. believe you're right in that and calling it that, and uh, head back up to the surface and steal U boat. So <laughs> you just steal a lot of shit from the Nazis this time around. You head over to the um. Uh, the U-boat dock, essentially, and steal, as Wyatt calls it, the motherfucking most powerful U-boat in the entire fleet because it has a nuclear cannon on it. Yeah. Yeah, a nuke cannon. So, Which you never actually that, fire a nuke out of, even though you eventually get the launch codes. You don't, but yeah. we'll talk about that in a little bit. <laughs> Jumping ahead of me, buddy. So <laughs> you go to Gibraltar Bridge, and this is... I fucking hate this area because it is the area that nearly had me give up on the game. I had to take a break in order to go and, and have dinner or to come back to this portion right before the, the lunar base. Yes. You go to the fucking moon. You, you go to Gibraltar bridge and knock the torsion ball out of the helicopter. And it literally tears the entire fucking bridge apart. And, uh, BJ remarks. Yeah. Wyatt, we just, uh, tore apart the fucking Gibraltar Bridge with a giant wiry ball of death. You jump down, go through Gibraltar Bridge. Yeah. Yeah, in the Fergus storyline, one of the things, he's like sitting there looking at the bridge and what happened. He's just like, what the hell did I just do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it was a very interesting few remarks that came out, came about for, depending on the character you chose. Uh, basically, your entire point for being there is that the topmost Nazi scientist is about to be shoved into the lunar ba- lunar colony base, and your job is to steal his clothing and identity. Yes, and go to the moon. Yep, and basically you tore apart the bridge because he was on it riding a train. Well, you're trying to get on board the train, and yes. apparently this is the only way you had to get on the train, which which is really so the- many loopholes. But the only reason they want to do it is just to show off the big giant wiry ball of death. Oh, I know, but but <laughs> so so the question here is, how do you get from, you know, taking the uniform and identification off of a dead Nazi to actually getting shuttled by this train and this destroyed bridge to the lunar thing to get launched up into space? Like, how do you get to the launch pad? How do you know? How do you Magic. bypass? Because BJ There's never speaks. So BJ never speaks German in this entire thing. Correct. In fact, he in in the old blood, they remark on how bad his German is. Yeah. So the question becomes: How does BJ talk his way through all of that security to get onto the thing? Yeah. It, there's a like, ton of loopholes. I agree. <laughs> like I don't know this is the biggest plot hole of the game. How do you get from this destroyed train? onto the shuttle that's going to the moon i don't know i don't have any answers for you it, I wish like I did. that that's again a, a little thing where where suspension of disbelief just like doesn't work anymore like it's yeah, just like what the fuck like how do you get from point a to point b there's like 
30,000 things that needed to happen that you're just glossing over. There is a few lines of dialogue that they gloss over and that's about it. Uh, yeah. It basically is a montage sequence of you getting into the thing. Something about you getting some sleep. It's a, it's a few lines of dialogue for Car- from Caroline and you basically right. get shoved off into the next uh, area, which is the lunar base. And in my opinion, probably the worst designed portion of the game. Why do you say that? It forces you to use the worst weapons in the game. And I didn't care for the area because of that. It just doesn't, it, it felt like they just, they wanted an excuse to go to the moon. Yeah. Well, it's, it's part of all of, well, it's part of a lot of the Wolfenstein games. It just felt wrong. You know what I mean? Well, so one of the things that I found really funny about the lunar base was all of the, uh, I refer to them as the Death Star corridors. Essentially. Like all of the ductwork and like a lot of the stuff looked like interior shots from the Death Star, which made me laugh a lot. Yeah. Yeah, but it, see, I don't know. Because one of my favorite areas of the game actually stems from this. Because like when you're actually on the surface of the moon walking around. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's one of the best parts of the game especially aesthetically like it's just this really cool thing and the fact that you actually jump and it has a lower gravity and it's harder to stop because you slide and mm-hmm. like i don't know it it was just a really I, neat thing that part was well done the rest of the base i didn't care for so yeah i i also in space you don't hear sound so yeah. when you hear the explosions very faintly it kind of yeah. bothered me yeah, yeah, but yeah. I, I, I atmosphere on it. Well, then the other thing is, is like, why is there lower gravity when you're outside of the base versus when you're inside the base? Because they're they're both on the moon. Don't know. I don't know. <laughs> like again, just little little things, little details that, but are kind I mean, of kind of funny. But who cares? There's the idea of of um, the super technology, gravity, super technology. It could be hand waved like that, but. That sure you can't hand wave BJ getting pushed to lunar base because you don't know how he got there in the first place. I yeah. I don't know. It felt weird. Yep. But we're nearing the end of the game because at this point when you return to London Nautica and Well, you get shot out of the sky basically on your way back down. Yeah, on the on the shuttle on the way back down, the uh transport shuttle um on the way back to, to the ground, you are basically shot down. And by basically you mean you are shot down. And nearly die and do do some superheroics on BJ's part. You end up slamming through the window of the London Nautica base and killing a Nazi in the process by ramming your body into his and pinning him against a wall. Yeah. Because well, you crash on a bridge, don't you? Yeah. We well, crash on top of the London Nautica, and I think it's portion a portion of a like a, an extension yeah. of it, and end up swinging into the London Nautica on a on a wire. It might have been a it might have been a portion of a bridge or a wire. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was part on. I thought you were on a bridge, like you crash on the bridge in front of it or something. I don't know. I don't something know. Like that. I don't. Either way, uh, you end up swinging on that wire into the the London Nautica and crash into a poor Nazi who was just kind of standing there, looking bewildered, and then dying because your body smashes into his and BJ is a not a small man, so yeah. his mass flying through the air like that. You just basically use him for a for a cushion. <laughs> Yep. Pick up pick up his gun and let the killing commence because there's a lot of Nazis waiting for you in there. 
Uh, you, you fight and kill your way out of there after learning from either Wyatt or Fergus that the the base is under attack. The rebel base is under the the sorry the resistance base is under attack because we're getting the Star Wars parallels again. Yeah, and they they have taken Anya. Yes, and she has been taken to a to Death's Head's oh. compound. Do you want to talk about the boss fight here? Uh, I'm getting to it, but I'm setting it up for that okay. because you learn from that that uh, that uh, basically the London Monitor is on the move, and the London Monitor sounds like a rather large group of people trying to come and hurt you, right? Oh, uh, see, I, I thought it sounds like a newspaper. <laughs> well, I thought it was either that or a monitor lizard, but yeah, it sounded like a. Like, who gives a shit about the London Monitor? And then all of a sudden, it's a giant fucking four-legged robot with a lot of guns on it, including a a beam cannon in its eye and six individual shoulder rocket launchers. Yep. And the, the rocket launcher batteries, by the way. So this fight is probably the worst boss fight in the game, in my opinion. Thoughts on that? What, what, did you care for this boss uh, fight? It was, it was okay. I mean, so... It, as you're going through, Klaus is giving you instructions, shouting in your headset instructions on how to how to defeat it because he's waiting for you in the car in order to get out of there. And for some reason can wait for you forever because this boss fight takes a while. Yeah. You're forced into using laser craft work in order to shoot the eye of the London Monitor, which activates its shoulder rockets to fire at you. You can shoot the individual shoulder rockets in order to destroy them so that it will open up the under undercarriage in order for you to shoot underneath it yeah. i i shot rockets from my uh my assault rifles alt fire rocket launcher attachment hmm. where did you find them because there were, weren't that many around yeah but you could yeah like, you, you didn't have to use the little well, work once you once you run out of ammo there's really not much choice true it it's just i fucking I hated that they continued shoving that down your throat. Yeah. I wish that they gave you other options. like Because there's like one section of the weapon wheel that never gets used. Yeah. And that kind of bothered me. Like, there's, well, is there a weapon missing that I didn't it, find? Well, there was a weapon that got used very, very early in the game. Like, the very, very first levels. Because it was a, a U.S. weapon that okay. never appears again in the game. Oh, yeah. That's the, the Tommy gun. Yeah. Okay, that's probably where it was used. Okay. Because there's definitely a, a weapon, like a machine gun, that you have in the first sections of the game when you're like going through the trenches and yeah, stuff yeah, it's a that, you, that you don't get ever again in the game after that. Yeah, it's a Thompson's machine gun. Anyway, uh, after you defeat the London Monitor, after a long, painful, drawn-out battle, uh, you jump in the car with Klaus. Klaus is shot repeatedly when you get back to the base. Yes. Uh, he is he is not in great condition and this is where the character development of Max Haas comes into play because Klaus has been doting on Max Haas throughout the entire game it's basically his surrogate son because he lost yep. his club-footed son and um Max Haas is as someone who needed care he, he's just a, he's a giant um essentially a giant child and yeah. i mean giant <laughs> He reminds me a lot in a weird way of like Sloth from the Goonies. That's not a weird way. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. But <laughs> but his mental faculties are more Less. like stunted than Sloths yeah. are. Or at least to the point where he can understand English. He can understand all the concepts. He just 
can't express himself except in like Groot or mm-hmm. uh, Hodor. He can only say his name. Uh, it, it's it's just uh, at this point, Max comes to your rescue. He, uh, the Nazi who shot Klaus is about to shoot you. Max literally crushes his skull like a like an egg, helmet yep. and all, with the one hand. Rips him out off of you. Rips the door off as you're getting out of the car and just cradles Klaus in his arms. He, you're as you're defending Max in his time of grief over Klaus's um, prospectively dead body. Yep. Uh, you're shooting the Nazis around him. He then just picks up Klaus and is overwrought. He's holding Klaus like a baby would hold in a single arm. He lifts open the hatch into the base. You get in and he slams it behind you. So you're sitting there like, Max, what are you doing? What the fuck yeah. are you doing? Because all you hear is gunshots. And um, either uh, Wyatt or Reed are over the radio saying, is that you, uh, Captain? Are you, is that you? Are they shooting at you? And you're like, something like that as you're climbing in the base. Well, and then he's like, well, we've got a situation in here. They've infiltrated the base and they've taken Anya. It's just a matter of time before we're all dead too. Because uh, this is where I believe Bombate dies as well as pretty much everyone, including yeah. either Tekla or Jay, uh, yeah. Jimmy. In the Fergus storyline, Tekla, basically, when you talk to her, she talks about how like for, for you guys to win and survive, everyone has to kill an average of 19 soldiers. Mm-hmm. And that she's killed... It might be 15 at that point or something like that. Yeah. And then she, uh, as, as you're hiding in a duct, this is where you have this conversation. It's the same conversation section with Jimmy too. Yeah. They, uh, they kick in the door and she kills like 18 of them mm-hmm. basically total. And yeah. then you, you end up killing the last one. Yeah. And with Jimmy, as you're being, he helps you into the vent. And as you're talking to him, he's like, but he's like, are, are, come with me. You've, you've got to come with me to the comp. And he's like, nah, man, I'm through running. And he just basically shreds out the Star Spangled Banner at the Nazis as they shoot him to death. It is a weird but sincerely entertaining. I'm like, is that Jimi Hendrix? Because it didn't click for me that at first that it was Jimmy because he's just yeah. sitting there shredding on the guitar. You can't hear anything. And it doesn't look like him because he's got a bandana on because he's got severe facial scarring. And mm-hmm. as you can see it on his neck. But he's got severe facial scarring around his chin and mouth as he's taking the acid earlier in the game. Uh, so he drops another bit of acid and just ends up shredding his guitar to death. And then you nice. go and save uh, Caroline. And um, well, really at this point, you Caroline to... saves you. Yeah, you, you go, go to save, save Fergus. Him. Yeah, you go to save Fergus or Wyatt. And really, Caroline just jumps in. She's yeah. got the armor and her super finally. suit. She jumps into view. Punches a Nazi in the fucking throat, kills him, shoots the other Nazi, and she says, "Well, you go, you go take care of Fergus or Wyatt. They're they're sitting there hiding in a corner, waiting, and you have to take down an Uber dog, uh, basically a giant metal dog with uh, small arms fire rockets or whatever you have at hand. Yeah. And once you kill it, he pops out of you. Good job, Captain. Blah blah blah. And then you go to assault the base." And this is well. I think this final. is where you go capture the U-boat, is it? Nope. Or no, you U-boat already have the U-boat. So you have the U-boat now. Oh, yeah, and their, right, plan, yeah, yeah. Their, their plan is to essentially return to Deathshead's compound and rescue everyone. Oh, I'm sorry, he didn't die here because Mbate is later on in the game. He's still alive. They basically have taken everyone in, except for you, Caroline, 
Jimmy or Tekla and Wyatt or Reed, depending yeah. on your choices. And you are heading into the U-boat to Deathside Compound. Once you rescue everyone, your job is to rescue them, get them back to the U-boat. And then they're going to fire a nuke into yes. Deathside's compound. So once you give them the all clear. Yes. So you fight your way through Deathside's compound. You end up being shanked with a lot of drugs by Booby. And yep. this is why I call him uh what did I refer to him as here? Uh let's see here. Her shitbird pretty boy play toy. Because that's all he is, really. He is a an SS soldier who I believe the the character description in here is the sadistic lovely companion of Frau Engel. Engel, despite the woman being nearly three times his age. Uh, despite coming from a prestigious family, Booby had a rocky childhood where his underperformance and eventual employment at Bellica were constant sources of disappointment for his parents. Oh. Which is why I call him a pretty boy fuck toy. Uh, play toy, sorry. Same thing. He stabs you in the chest with a, a syringe of some sort of compound, and I don't know what it's yeah. supposed to do. Did you ever catch it? Uh, it basically like shuts down your nervous system and makes you makes it so you can't move. And, and then he starts stabbing you with a you. knife after yeah, he, he after he uh, skypes his uh, his woman, his, his beautiful Frau Engel, who has been at this point mutilated. Yeah, she's been had her head crushed a bit. And uh, got promoted to be due to reactions at the camp that you freed Seth Roth, Seth Roth from. Basically, the mech that you ride out on mm -hmm. crushes her skull and flings her over the cliff. Somehow she survived that. Yep. Because if you can't is, see the dead body, they're not dead. Yep. And she looks fucking hideous, pal. Yep. Uh, so basically... Uh, at this point, Booby is cutting into you with a knife that you usually use. through. It's a service knife uh, for the Nazi troopers. He's cutting you slowly because she says, slowly, I want to see this. And you bite his neck. You rip a chunk of his neck out after getting your faculties back. Jump on him, grab his shit, and perform a stealth kill on him while, while she watches. You stab the living shit out of him. And it is so yeah. satisfying to watch. Multiple times in the head. Oh, yeah. It is super satisfying to watch. And then what I did was turn around, pick up the gun, and start shooting the fucking monitor because I'm, I just told her I'm coming for you next and while I was playing doing the playthrough. Made me laugh. <laughs> nice. And as you're going through, because you never see her again in the game, this is why mm -hmm. I assume that she's going to be the, uh, the leader, uh, the, the, basically the, yeah. the big boss of the new Colossus because she's... Well, she, she's in the trailer, right? I think so. I don't remember. Anyway... This is where you end up going to find Death's Head and where the second of three boss fights is because you find you have two of them in rapid succession. Right. And this is where I believe what was was this your least favorite well, portion of the game? No, so you from here, from this, you actually go free all of the people from the jail cells. You finally find them in the jail cells and you free them all and you tell them yes. all to leave. And then you guys get separated in the elevator because you help everyone else get out of the elevator, and then the elevator, the, the either I can't it either drops or it goes up, and you like up. have to get off on a different level, and then you you go after Death's Head. Yeah, there's there's a very poignant moment here where you have a, a basically when you're being dragged away by Booby, there's a very poignant moment where you're having a dream of 
what could be with um, Anya. You've got a couple of kids. It's a barbecue happening. You're just, it's clearly BJ is very happy in this instance. Yeah. And she says, I believe that there are places we can go in this world. Places that you can still be safe and happy. And he's like, I do. I believe that too, but not for people like us. And right after that, you get sucked up through the elevator. Yeah. And the boss fight with the, <clears throat> the, you called it a prototype robot. Yeah, the prototype, because that's what they called it in the wiki. The prototype robot or the the machine man, really, because Death's Head has the brain of the person you decided to die in HR yeah. and uses it to essentially power the robot. And, and either Fergus... control the robot. Yes. Uh, well, kind of. Yeah. He has uh, to follow programming, but he yes. is he's in charge of the robot and cannot control it. Yeah. has to follow his programming. So at that point, you are fighting the robot and it's saying, please kill me. It's very tropey in that it's saying, please kill me. You have to kill mm -hmm. me, blah, blah, blah. Once you get to, get to a point where you've knocked it down, because uh, I, you're supposed to use, you only have two weapons with you, Tesla grenades and a knife. And yeah. you use Tesla grenade to knock it down, then get behind it. Because he it steals the Tecamajig. From you, the laser yes. majig, the laser craft work, laser majig. Yes, absolutely. So you <laughs> you chuck the Tesla grenade at it; it gets knocked down. You pry the brain out with a knife in a very tragic, emotional scene, and then you pick up the laser craft work and blow the brain away okay. because the either Fergus or Wyatt. Did Please not kill me. Yeah, it's very tropey, and this is one of the weaker moments of the game as far yeah. as I'm concerned. Really cliche, but... Yeah. But at the same time, it, I can understand why they did it, because it was very... But it's fitting. It's very gut-wrenching, yeah. And after that, you fight Death's Head himself in the third yeah. and final boss fight of the game. It lets you um, have closure for whoever you killed, basically. It, is. it does, yes. And so he's in a giant mech suit. Mm -hmm. You shoot down his power sources, the two uh, zeppelins in the sky uh, with anti-aircraft weaponry, and then uh, end up, I think you have to shoot him a couple times with the laser craft work or the uh, yeah, AR like laser gun. And he loses, loses his shields. The mech explodes. You follow him down and then just unload all of your arsenal on his mech with either rockets or the laser craft work, depending on which one you choose. Yeah, while everything is burning. Well, everything is really burning around you. And then you end up um, stabbing him so many times in the neck, at chest, and face that he just looks around and he, and he says, you, well, I don't remember the, the exact wording he says, but you didn't even look. And he's holding a grenade in his left hand. Yeah. And this part, like, I don't, I don't understand why BJ doesn't just fucking punt the grenade. I don't understand that either you're, you're just, right there just fucking punt yeah. that shit it's like just oh a grenade he's he just like not yeah you don't even need to do that just fucking kick his hand it'll go flying away like yeah and then use him as a meat shield but the only reason they did it i think was just for the story yeah and dramatic it, it's tension. a very i understand it, there's but... a very dramatically tense moment as you're crawling through so that's the end of the, that's the end of the actual control of the game because in this this final cutscene. Uh, BJ's crawling through the the wreckage of the the final boss area. He's got cuts on his face. He somehow survived the grenade. 
don't know how that's kind of bullshit but you see death's head's face gone his arm is gone and you are crawling through blood dripping from your person and you're watching and bj has a very tense monologue at the end of it and i wish i could find the monologue itself yeah because it's a it's a very amazing little piece of writing and essentially he's saying do i have the go-ahead sir do i have the go-ahead wide or fergus are saying do i have the go-ahead to go he's having this tense moment where he's watching anya and quoting the 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 writing on the statue of liberty give me your poor you're tired huddled masses yearning to be free and she's well, holding because she's torch. holding the light up yeah yes and it's it's a very great parallel moment as they're getting on the the helicopter and she's looking for bj and he, it's clear that he's not coming so she gets on the helicopter and they all fly away and he's like count to four because in the beginning he teaches wyatt circular breathing mm-hmm. count to four inhale count to four exhale and you'll do yep. and you'll be just fine and he's like count to four inhale count to four you got the go-ahead to fire the nuke. He rolls yep. onto his back, says you get the go-ahead, and that's where the game ends. Machine yep. games, roll credits. Wonderful yep. way to end the story, as far as I'm concerned. And and you are left to assume that BJ is going to die with the islands. Yes, right? and we, we know now that that's not the case with the new Colossus coming out, but at the time it felt like a perfect end to the game, as far as I was yeah. concerned. Like I didn't even care there wasn't going to be a sequel. The the credits cracked me up. Like I don't know. Did you watch the credits at all? Honestly, at that point, I was just sitting there, kind of in shock. Yeah. Both times I played through the game, I didn't. I don't think I ran through the credits because I just kind of, I was just kind of there. So I watched them fully expecting a post credit scene, like okay, kind of like a Marvel stinger at the end of it. Sure. Um, there is not one. I'll, I'll just okay. start with that. Uh, but the credits made me laugh so hard because like after a while it was like let's just list everyone who's ever been employed by bethesda and zenimax is that what it said <laughs> like it literally it goes through like bethesda's you know bethesda softworks and it like literally just lists all of like basically all of the employees for bethesda <laughs> and then it starts going into like zenimax north america zenimax france zenimax germany's <laughs> one of the people credited in this thing was credited as an executive chef <laughs> what the fuck what the <laughs> like and, and it wasn't even like an executive chef for the company that made it it was yeah. like some random zenimax like Zenimax Germany or something like that. And it was just like executive chef. He was the last person credited under that specific studio. And it's like, what the fuck does that have to do with the making of this game? Like, that's awesome. It's like, let's just pad these credits and like everyone can have a credit. You can have a credit. You can have a credit. (laughs) Like, like I'm pretty sure Todd Howard is credited on this game just because he's an employee of Bethesda. Like, even though they, they just produce the game. Yeah. You know, he's listed as like the you know director of Bethesda, like <laughs> that's fantastic. And it just it watch them, like go go watch that's the credits because you can do it from the main menu or whatever. But you will laugh. You will go like, oh my, holy shit, he's he's right. Like they're just <laughs> literally listing every employee Bethesda currently has because for some weird ass reason. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they were just fucking with Bethesda at that point. 
Yeah. Or Zenim. Like, because that's the thing is, it's not really like, I mean, they do, Bethesda makes sense at least, but like, then sure. they just start going through all the different Zenimax studios and just seeing the executive chef made me laugh so hard. Like, what does this guy have to do with the production of this game? That's funny. All right. Did they, did they fly him in to like machine studios or whatever to machine Maybe. games to cook for them during crunch? Like, I, I don't know. What was your favorite area for the game? I, I know I told about mine, which was yeah. um, basically, I felt like the entire thing was really well designed. Like, I, I can't pick one yeah. favorite area. I have two favorite areas. And Shoot. one of them I already kind of talked about. That was like the lo actual lunar surface, like walking around on the moon felt really cool. Yeah. But it was the first time you're in London, Nautica, after the giant car bomb goes off. Okay. Because you have to like run through this maze of rubble. And it was just like, really well put together and really intuitive even though it was rubble like you knew which way you had to go just weird visual cues you're like okay i need to go this way and like they, it was a really well designed map for being like supposedly just random blasted chaos and and the same time you're like running around avoiding like one of the giant robot dogs like the trying not to die and it's yeah. just it, it was just really not cool prepared and, for that and, and really put together well yeah. yeah um most hated area for me was probably fucking gibraltar bridge yeah my, mine of... yeah that, it was a pain in the ass yeah and it was easy to get rocket blasted off of things yeah, i nearly quit a couple of times just playing that game because i had to go very very slow and made sure make sure because i had to memorize where the guys were coming from in order to kill them in order to get out of the way uh it just mm, i did bug the shit out of me Oh, I, de I definitely, definitely understand. So mine, I, again, I probably have two that are tied. Uh, one of them I was just reminded of during the talking about this, the, uh, yeah. just the sewer stuff around your home base in Berlin, like with all it the no stupid sense. fest quests, like they were just, it, it was, that felt like they were just there to pad the game and make it longer, yeah. even though it didn't need to be. And then the rest is like, when you go to Death's Head Island at the end, it's just like very, very repetitive rooms like you would go into a room and it would be a hallway with two side hallways and a balcony with catwalks that went over top of the center hallway mm. and like an endless wave of people coming in it just always felt like there were just way too many people yeah way yeah. too many it felt, enemies it felt tacked on yeah it was just like here let's let's make this like big climactic area by just more enemies and like I don't know. It just felt really flat after all of the really good stuff you'd been doing the whole game. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I don't know. Yeah. So, overall, recommended the game? What do you, yeah, how do you feel? It was fun. Um, one of the things that I actually want to talk about real quick, there's a point in the game where Anya is talking to you over the radio, and mm -hmm. she's just kind of yeah mentions that she found an old diary from one of her relatives, this woman, Ramona, mm -hmm. and that uh, she was going to send you audio recordings of it. And right. you could you can listen to them if you want, but you don't have to. Sure. And they were really cool. Like, I've never listened to them. You should, because you will go back and listen to them now, because I think you will appreciate this game even more once you listen to them. Okay. 
So Ramona is a badass. Like it's it's basically a, a personal diary of this woman, Ramona, and her dealing with the Nazi occupation where she was. And basically she started murdering Nazis because she was tired of seeing her people get their ass handed to them and like just the way that they were treating people. But she was not trained to be a killer because she's not a man and not a soldier. So sure. she had to like improvise Bring everything. So, you know, she and, and they're all like almost every entry is like has these really amusingly worded things that are like, you know, this Nazi is scared of heights. I know this because I pushed him off of a bridge. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, and like, it's just this really funny series of things of just like Ramona just killing all of these Nazis and trying to get away with it and like not knowing what she's doing. And, and it's really, really funny, like, and, and really cool. And Ramona is a really great character. And I am not going to spoil ramona like you need to listen to it and and it all becomes clear eventually but like it's it's just a really cool little mini plot in the game that you would never get if you don't stop and listen to these audio recordings Hmm. but totally go back in because you could probably do it from whatever your last save is you can just go into like the little collectibles page in the menu and in your journal and just go find the audio recordings and listen to all of them uh but i think you'll you will love the game even more if you do it oh sorry i'm reading the entries right now (laughs) (laughs) that makes a lot of sense okay did you get to the last entry or something yeah yeah that blows (laughs) but is awesome at the same time yes but you gotta listen you got i think you need you should listen to it because i think i think voice acting would lend a lot of gravitas to it yeah Yes, it is. It is really, really yeah. awesome as as it unfolds over the course of like two levels of the game. That yep. she she sends you one like every five or five minutes or so, and so you just like you stop, you listen to it, you keep going. You stop, you listen to the next one, you keep going, and it's it's just a cool little thing. And I definitely don't want to spoil it because it is it's yeah. a, a really cool revelation, which apparently you could totally miss if you just like yeah whatever. Okay. I don't want to listen to audio tapes in this game. <laughs> I, I, well, I, I was playing the game for live streaming at the time like i right, was live right, right. the whole thing from back to front and didn't think it would be pr- relevant to entertaining the, not necessarily not entertaining but just even relevant to the game at the moment right because i know that while it is a great subplot and after reading the entries it is a great subplot um <laughs> it's i don't think it it needs to be there which is right, why right. they probably made it as an audio log yeah and like in to be fair, you know, Anya straight up tells you at the beginning, you don't have to listen to this, but if you want yeah. to, I'm going to send them to you. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'll send them to you. No obligation. Listen to if you want, you don't need to, I Chance won't be offended. Time. Yep. But, all but right. they, they do end up getting really funny as she like talks about all these weird ways she kills people. <laughs> like, Oh man, this dude really, this dude really loved eating his sausage. Cause he didn't stop even after I killed him. <laughs> like, they're, they're just, they cracked. They, they were very, very funny. So <laughs> May 29th, 1941, the Nazi appears to have been brought up lazy. I've learned this when I outran three of them carrying a crate of grenades. I think I'm <laughs> pregnant. I wish I knew how to use a gun. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. It was just great. 
Yeah, they're just they're they're little they're like diary entries from Ramona's journals yeah, that she's yeah. reading to you, and uh, she wants you to understand how like badass her relative is. The Nazi appears to be overly devoted to his police station. I learned this while tossing grenades into the building. Seven <laughs> grenades went in, but not a single Nazi came out. Does Nazi kill? Does killing Nazis make me a murderer? Don't know. Don't think so. I'm not a soldier, but this is what soldiers do, and I have to seal myself from motion like a soldier does. I'm only yes. gonna I'm gonna leave it at that, but those two are just great. Yeah, there there are some pretty good ones. <laughs> so, I think we can safely like no spoilers from here. Like we're we're out yeah. of the spoilers. Um, I, I do want to give my Wait, overall we, final thoughts, but we can give our overall final thoughts outside of Spoilerville, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so we we can say now it's safe. If you are if you have been avoiding spoilerville you can come back now welcome back and uh let's give our our overall final thoughts for wolf inside you know my final thoughts i fucking love this game i would highly even paying i bought this full price when it first came out do not regret a single cent of that that full price i love this game so nice. much i it, think i paid seven dollars for it and totally yeah. worth every fucking penny it was 750 during the steam sale yeah uh the most recent Steam sale, and it was just every penny is worth it as far as I'm concerned. Even paying that full price, that full AAA sixty dollar price, don't regret a single penny of it. It was, yep. it is a. I'm still considering it, even with the flaws that it has. It is a masterpiece of a game. Indeed, indeed, I, I will totally agree. It was, it was actually a lot better than I was expecting it to be. Um, with my ravings about it, yeah, that's well because I mean. The gameplay is what it is. It is a it is a decent running gun first person shooter, which is what you expect from Wolfenstein. But the story was a lot better than I was expecting it to be. Yeah, because you know and, you know how it can be sometimes when you like go to see a movie and a friend has hyped it up a whole bunch and you go watch it yeah. and you're just like, I eh. I don't get it. Yeah, you're just like, eh. yeah, it was okay. But this this one actually did you know not necessarily live up to the hype, but I had zero expectations going in, so it you know far exceeded those no expectations at all <laughs> i chose well yeah <laughs> this is definitely and if not the top game then in my top three of all time and i yeah. don't make that claim lightly like you know by my top games change a lot this is yeah. consistently either top or in the top three yeah i actually want to go buy the soundtrack for the game because it was actually pretty good right it's a it is a great soundtrack yeah, this is a pretty good score. Like, there were some really good tunes on it, which I was like, "Man, that song's really awesome." <laughs> right? Because there's there's a portion where, um, oh gosh, what is it? When you first start flying in the helicopters, that has just this great just metal riff that comes up, and yeah. it's just really just the you. It's just a badass moment that you really enjoy. Indeed, indeed. All right, so. Our next uh, favorite game series is up, and it's your turn to choose. What'd you yes. give with? So, already told this to the Patreon people like last week, maybe I don't know. It was a while ago, right? Right at the start of the the big Steam summer sale. So, those are the perks for being a uh, being a True. Patreon backer. But it's it's a cheap game anyway. It's it's like ten dollars if it's full price right now. So, one of my favorite games of all time is a space sim called Descent Free Space. And it's a mm -hmm. spin-off of the Descent series of games. But this is the first one that like really made an attempt to be a full space sim. And it's got like giant capital ships and 
fighter fighters zipping around shooting stuff and has a really amazing story and yeah it's the scent free space the great war which is kind of the subtitle for the first game and i'm curious about this one because like i love the game it was a lot of fun i really curious how well it holds up over time oh it's developed by volition the guys who made yeah it's by volition they made they're very very famous for making the saints row games now yes but this was before saints row way before saints row <laughs> this is a very this is before summoner yep I believe. this is like in the, the early 90s yes it is a very old game uh it is yeah, available it is available on both Steam and good old games. People have complained about getting it running in Windows 10, but it ran fine for me when I was messing around with the little tutorial missions, like to see if I could if it ran right. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting I to see. Yet, it goes. I'll let you know what I think. Yeah. Or I'm, I'm hoping I can get my giant Hotas working with it. But if I can't, I still have my uh Microsoft or the Logitech version of the Sidewinder sitting around here somewhere, yeah, and I can, I, I can got, got my hotel. So I can get that working. Yeah, that'd be nice. But it'll be cool. I, I'm I'm really looking forward to it because the the story behind the game is what made it so great, and the fact that they could tell a really good story with a a game where you're basically like flying around in crazy space dogfights the whole time. So nice. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It'll yeah. be it'll be interesting to see like again how well it holds up and whether it just like the old school graphics just make it all take a nosedive or if my nostalgia goggles are just way too strong on this game yeah we'll see we'll see i loved it it was was a good game we're gonna have two perspectives on this one especially because dan's already played this game i have not i I, i've played the original descent and descent 2 but i never played free space yeah so um, and they're totally different games absolutely like this, the the original Descent games were like corridor shooters, mm-hmm. and this is a big, open space, giant space opera battles kind of thing. Like a lot like Wing Commander in a way, uh, where you just you have big capital ships and you're flying missions and you have nav beacons and waypoints and yeah, there's it's good stuff. I'm looking forward to it. We'll see how it is. But uh, in light of that, we also have our next episode, which is going to be a game corner. And it is your choice, which was uh, harebrained schemes and their their weird roguelike, Dark Souls like <laughs> game called Necropolis. I installed it earlier, gave it a playthrough. I really want to try it with multiplayer. Yeah, me too. Like I, we we've got basically two weeks <laughs> to get that knock that one out. Thankfully, it, it only takes less than six hours to beat, from what I've seen. So. We'll see. Mm, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. So, uh, yep, uh, this should go live in a couple of days, and uh, Necropolis will go live two weeks from Monday. So, indeed, the, sir. That'll be the the twenty fourth. The Necropolis will be up. Yep. So, if you want to get in contact with us, you can get us over at podcast at loadedcartgaming dot com. You can contact me at Paul Clue, or you can contact the podcast. Basically, the podcast accounts run by dan it's uh, at loaded cart on twitter and you can contact him at chop the viking on twitter if you want to find the rest of our social media stuff it's all in the show notes at loadedcartgaming.com and if you love us please consider leaving a review on itunes and leaving a donation maybe on patreon.com slash loadedcartgaming and you'll get even more new episode reminders and sale reminders from dan who runs the uh, 
Patreon account uh, just for being chipping a dollar. Yep. And thank you very much for all of you who have donated. We really appreciate it. Indeed. Indeed. Love you all. We do. No, I think we're uh, we're doing pretty good. This is ran a tad bit long, but oh yeah, it's well. it's gonna be it's gonna be a long episode because I really really love this game. I know. All right. We appreciate you all for listening to us for this long and rant about a game that I really enjoy. Hopefully you have enjoyed it as well. But now, here's some smooth jazz to play you out. Just take the fucking things out, okay? <laughs> just do it. Just get your fucking food. Get your snack. I just wanted one more before we start. Just get your snack. It's fine. Is it a sugar cube? Right, we're good. Let's... Spice drops, man. Spice drops are awesome. Are you like 90 years old? No. Not yet. Not ever. professional professional all right now whatever you do don't screw this up <laughs> are we playing <laughs> battle block theater again yes okay <laughs> don't screw up don't screw up don't screw up